Welcome to the season finale of Back on Our Bullshit. Today we have the enlightened dirtbags and Dylan has invited us into his cabin. We appreciate that. Hey. Thanks for being on the podcast, guys. Thanks for coming out, man. It's nice That's to have you guys out here. Beautiful cabin. Yeah, I'll tell my father you appreciate it. He built oh, this yeah. place by hand through all of our continuous doubt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we just wrapped up an Enlightened Dirtbags podcast that I'll be on. Um, I'll let you guys take the floor on talking about it. Uh, it was fucking wild. It was so much more than I had expected. It was fucking wicked. Dude, you were an awesome guest. It was Super insightful and also very fun, um, considering it was a really heavy topic. Um, I was surprised how much fun we had with it, like touched on some heavy stuff and then also had some good humor in it as well. So it was a fucking blast. I'm, I'm going to do so much promotion for it. I'm so fucking excited. What do you have to say about it, John? So I just, I got to connect two ideas here. I, uh, I used to live not far from where we're at right now from the cabin. So I came out here quite a bit uh, when actually version two Dylan's, old, uh, when his older brother was hanging out here quite a bit. And I actually like assisted in like stages, build this cabin. So there's like some sentimentality, right? Like Absolutely. I don't, I don't see this as like something that I have any ownership in, but it's like, I've definitely have some memories here. So just speaking to the episode of the Enlightened Dirtbags that you're on, the content was a little heavy and I was a little bit worried about doing that podcast with that content about the book Runaway Devil here in, 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 a, in a space that, you know, I didn't really want to taint that. So I'm glad that we had some like laughter <laughs> near the latter half of the episode uh, for, our, for our podcast because like other, now this place is still hollow ground. Like it didn't get tainted. Well, it's, st- it's still a good place to go to. For yeah. sure. Well, and it, actually it's funny you mentioned that like this place for a long time, I've kind of protected in a lot of ways. You know, like um, when my, I think we talked about it previously, but I was engaged, uh, you know, a couple of years ago or whatever, and uh, that all fell apart and I moved out here to kind of like get myself back into the right headspace. Like this place, you know, my father built it, our whole family was involved in building this. Like my fucking grandpa, when he was like 85 fucking years old, is like up on the fucking very peak, like outworking all of us and shit. Like it was wild. I was like, what the fuck are you doing up there, man? And like, there's a, a pretty funny story with uh, the guy that helped my father build this who said, like, we're not going to build it on a timeline. I'll only help you if it's built in the spirits of good fun, which, like, none of us have ever really known what the fuck that means. But um, so Are when you I, talking about Bruno? Yeah. Yeah, okay. The, the, the wild French, guy. French drunk guy that yeah. was just out here flailing <laughs> chainsaws around and shit. My, my mother was like, this is a fucking lawsuit for sure. So when I moved out here, I was like, this is a special place for me. It's probably the best place for me to go and like get my head back on track. Right. And I just like came out here and would like go down like some fucking serious rabbit holes, just like solo hero doses of mushrooms and just like process, you know? And so I always tried to keep this place like something that I could protect. And like, I have always felt like a location can kind of absorb the feeling of things, you know? And So it's not a place where I'll just have people out to, you know, like some random buddies or whatever it is, like have people just bring all their friends and shit. Mm -hmm. I've always kept it very much to like experiences that I know are going to be a good time. People that I know are like worthy of coming out here and shit. And I was pretty sure that regardless of the topic, like it's, you know, the podcast is pretty important to us. And like, I knew that in the end, like no matter how dark that podcast got, this was going to be like 
a step on a path that I'm really enjoying so far. Podcasting has been a fucking blast for me. It's like changed the way I read. It's got me excited for reading again. And so having it out here, like I just knew that it was going to be good regardless, like no matter how dark it got, because it's a fucking super dark topic. And it definitely didn't let me down. Like it was, it was fucking awesome. I, I am really glad that I was able, I knew that the book was heavy when I see like the topic itself is heavy, a triple homicide. Yep. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> There's nothing fun about like, that. You know, that's a, to- that's a, that's a heavy topic to suggest to someone, not only like, Hey, check out this book, but if you also get through that book and that isn't enough, I'd love to come talk to you. About it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's maybe not the like book to like Dylan's like, I love books. That's the first book I ever suggested. You go yeah. read, you know, pretty heavy topic all through and I, I knew I could bring some lightheartedness. I knew I had the court story for you guys at the very <laughs> least. I was going to find a way to bring it up so that I could bring just a little bit of lighthearted in the middle of it. And Dude, I think it, it was worked. the fucking best entertainment I've experienced in a long time. It was so fucking funny, that court story, man. Anybody that knows me personally that listens to my podcast knows, but I'm not going to say it on this one because you should go listen to these guys' podcasts. I love it. Yeah, don't poach our content, bro. No, Fuck. <laughs> You're gonna, if, you, if, you want, if you don't know me well enough to know the story about the Richardson family murders, you can <coughs> definitely on the next episode of Enlightened Dirtbags, you can go listen to these guys talk about it and me talk about it with them. And it's, I, I'm excited about it. Hell yeah, man. It's the first time I ever talked about it publicly. Ever. So. And I was just sitting off to the side, just working on my own stuff and just sitting there listening to it all. I was cracking up quite a bit. <laughs> it was funny, like <laughs> catching Cam's reaction in like my peripherals and just like shit, like some of it's just like heavy and others is just like, Jesus Christ, we're laughing about this now. <laughs> yeah. There, yeah. Some parts I sat there, I just had like look outside and it's like, oh, that's, yeah, that just boils something in me. Yeah. Oh, dude, there was also so many times where, like, I'm kind of glad that episode's not on camera because, like, I just, like, my brain is just always firing off jokes. And, like, there'd be times we'd be talking about something heavy and, like, a joke would pop into my head. And I'm just, like, smirking to myself. And I'm just, like, it would look so bad if this was on camera right now. And I'm just, like, grinning at the idea of, like, something terrible happening. But it's because I have a completely unrelated joke in my fucking head. It was just, like, the way someone phrased something. And I could have just, like, set out a one-liner. And I'm, like, not the time. Not the time. Leave it the fuck alone. But it's funny going back to uh, what Joan was saying with, like, him being part of the construction of this. When this place finally got built... Jonah's house, which is like, what is it, like half hour, 40 minutes away kind of thing? About an hour and a half. <clears throat> Used to be. I sold it. But yeah. Yeah, yeah But I lived right. out there for like a long time. Yeah. So Jonah's place was almost like the gatekeeper to the cabin. Like <laughs> the amount of times I'd be like, oh, I'm going to go out to the cabin. I'll stop in at Jonah's place on the way. Like get to Jonah's place black hole and just never make it to the cabin (laughs) and like dude not just me like it's funny i've known jonah like pretty much my whole life right and uh like he gave me the nickname that's tattooed on my neck like known him for a very long time so he's even been like part of our family for a long time so there'd be times when like my father and potentially multiple uncles would experience the same thing like trying to go out to the cabin stop in at jonah's place and not make it out (laughs) Like, (laughs) like yeah he's definitely become like part of the family in that sense like and it was just always like you know it was like climbing Everest and you have like a, almost like a false summit on the way and you're like we still have to we still have to keep going <laughs> this is just base camp yeah oh yeah man like so many fucking wild stories from there 
but uh, we can leave those potentially for later in the episode. <laughs> and some fucking wild ones out here, speaking of podcasting. Well, um, where Cam's sitting, like, I'm a little bit envious because I think I was sitting in that chair when I was, like, wrecked on mushrooms. Was that the chair I was sitting oh, in? Oh, yeah. Man, like, because I've only <laughs> ever done, like, I don't, I take it you guys are pretty open. Oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I haven't met you guys before today, but I get the sense that you guys are even just recording uh, our episode with Mitch. Uh, like, I, I get a strong sense of your honesty, so I appreciate that. So there's, I've only ever done mushrooms, like, a couple times in my life. And the first time... I don't even really know if they really had much of an effect because mm. I was too busy drinking, right? But here, when we did mushrooms here on, there was a, a podcast that I had prior to the Enlightened Dirt Bags. But anyways, we were all out here and the plan was record and then do some mushrooms. And I think like that, not only did it like, it was fun because it was in the space, right? And it just sort of like keeps the mythology and like the, of the cabin going, right? But it's also sort of like, I remember leaving leaving the cabin the next day and just being at a little bit more peace with myself. I wouldn't say that I had like you know a breakthrough or anything yeah. like that. N- nothing like that mm-hmm. strong, but I just remember leaving going like I'm glad I did that. You know, I just kind of reorganized some of my thoughts a little bit and so yeah. just kind of open your mind a little bit more. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that chair, I don't know if it was the chair or the mushrooms. The chair, dude, the chair was phenomenal. Was. Yeah. This there chair is, is pretty great, though. Been many a people have had a nap in those chairs. Yeah. One of those actually, I think it was one of those two, came from my garage, too. So it's like got extended oh, memories from when I had like the motorcycle shop slash fucking black hole that everyone would come get drunk in all the time. Monty has had many a nap in these chairs, dude. <laughs> that fucking dude, like beer and cigarette in hand and just like... <laughs> Just out. And dude, like his dog, Jax, the best fucking dog, like super friendly, loving dog. But when Monty falls asleep, Jax will like curl up on his lap and you like, Monty's pretty hard to wake up. So like if you're like trying to shake him to wake him up, Jax is like, fuck you, fuck you, leave him alone. So you're just like, Jax, we're buddies, dude. Like, you know me. We're just trying to get you to grow up. Yeah. So you throw something at Monty from a distance and be like, wake up, wake up. And Jax is like, I'm going to fuck you up. And you're like, God damn it. So speaking of chairs, uh, we haven't really spent too much time outside. Oh, yeah. But there's, there's a bunch of chairs actually that I built for version two's dad. Yeah. So I, I used to build uh, some furniture with my grandfather. Uh, before he passed away so there's quite a few of the, like the lounge style chairs the adirondack chairs that actually i built oh, and they're, nice. they're like yeah. old now like some of them are probably over 10 years old but rewinding even further when i was still living in red deer and we were just like dumb kids growing up we were having a fire at his parents place because it was the party house multiple yeah. 18th birthday parties there just fucking ragers <laughs> like my mom would leave on some like sewing retreat or something my dad would be home and we're just like let's fucking burn it down yeah. you know <laughs> well literally like my be, parents house too. i don't i don't even <clears throat> think this particular backyard fire was even like a big party maybe it was because i like kind of forget about all that stuff but i tried burning one of their wooden chairs that his parents had in the backyard, right? Like I just decided at this point, like, oh, we don't need this chair anymore. It's firewood at that point. I just like (laughs) put it on top of the fire and like just to have like a funeral pyre for this chair. And then like his old man, he's like, no. And he like takes it out. I felt so bad that the next day or a day or two later, because I was still living at home, I brought a chair, like an outdoor lounge style chair that I had made in like shop class in like grade seven. And I brought it and I like gifted it to his parents because I felt so bad about fucking <laughs> wrecking the property. 
I'm really not an asshole. I'm yeah. <laughs> was that not the same night you set off the fireworks? It could have been. <laughs> so, we had one night, man. It might have been your birthday. Uh, it could have been. It was yeah. yours or Levi's birthday. And uh, I'm across the fire from Jonah, and I see Jonah set up like this tube of fireworks in my parents' backyard. <laughs> oh, no. Keep in mind, Jonah's like three years older than me. So like all these rages that happened, I'm like 15. <laughs> so like the fucking one night I like wake up like drunk and like half dead and my dad is like just coming home from nice he's like get the fuck up you have to help clean the blood out of the kitchen <laughs> like, wait, what? what? whole different story but so i'm across the fire from joe and i see him set up this tube of fireworks and like light it and i'm we're like we're in like a residential yeah oh my god yeah, yeah. in like in red deer in residential like red deer right so i like jump over the fire to try to get to this set of fireworks i'm like nope i gotta fucking stop this thing from going off <laughs> I jump over the fire. As I do, Jonah turns around to run away from the fireworks and like kicks the tube over. And I'm like, nope. I jump back over the other way. And this fucking tube just starts firing off and spinning. And it's going over the garage. It's going oh over the fences God. into the fucking neighbor's yard and shit. Like, oh, man, just like firing off. Back there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. It was wild. All the fucking smoke clears. And there's my dad standing at the screen door at the back of the house. And we're like, well, that's the end of the party. And he goes, uh, maybe let's just cool it on the fireworks a little bit. Just like goes back inside and we're like, fuck yeah. Oh, man. That man's patience. I was like, oh, this is that like, is incredible. I'm going to get thrown out of this house yeah, and out of the backyard. Yeah. And he's just like, so no more fireworks? I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. And then it was like, it wasn't a problem. Yeah. He was like, yeah, we all figured we probably shouldn't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we agree. Yep, same thing. Yep. Oh, the best part is that, like, my dad has done a pretty good job of, like, not letting us in on too many of his crazy stories when he was a kid. The problem is he has a fuck ton of brothers. So, like, they, <laughs> so they tell us spill 100%. Out. Yeah, like, so they'll tell us. I think my dad knows, like, he, there's a little bit where he's like, all right, I, I kind of got to tell you not to get too crazy, but there's only so much I can say before you go, mm, do you get to tell me that? Like, you know, <laughs> like, is like, that really what you would do? Yeah, like my fucking drug talk when I was a kid, like, again, like just like smoking weed and shit, right? Like if they knew the full extent, I probably would have got a different talk. But um, <laughs> like just come home stoned all the time. Like we went to Cuba when I was 15. We went to get passport pictures. I was high as fuck. <laughs> Dude, I walk in the house and my mom is just like, it, it's so clear that I walk in the house and my mom is just like, immediately she's across the fucking room and she just looks at me. She's like, really? <laughs> like Moms know. I what? Many a times oh, I yeah. just walked in and walked into the kitchen. My mom's standing. She's like, you're high right now. Like, <laughs> no. No. You are. Ooh, that Axe like, body spray yeah. didn't work at all. <laughs> yeah, you smell like it's a immediately shower of Axe. Yeah. 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 It's not even that, though. It's just, the, it's just they, they just sense yeah, it. They just look at you and they're like, yeah, you're high. Yeah. Yeah, they know. They know, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, And so like my dad, like, uh, he took me to get Subway one time. We're driving. We park like down by the river, by the bridge out by like the Hall of Fame in Red Deer. And... Um, he like gives me the drug talk, which is basically like, quit coming home stoned. It pisses your mom off. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, copy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got he it. just doesn't yeah. want to deal with that. Yeah, he's like, you're making it my fucking problem. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like and like I said, like if they knew the full picture, they my dad probably would have been like, you're being a fucking idiot. Oh yeah, but like, absolutely. My parents would have said the same thing, but they just thought I smoked weed and drank. 
But my yeah. mom was like, drink at home and then you can get as drunk as you want because I know what you're doing. Yeah, and I yeah. think that's kind of what my dad's idea with was with, with like the house parties and shit is he's like, at least I can watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like if something happens, I can be the first person there to deal with it. And yeah. I know that my son isn't driving home. Yeah, exactly. Drunk. Like, I, he's just got to come in the door and go to bed. Like, how much trouble can he get in? Dude, I th- that is like the most responsible thing a parent can do. Because like, like, like if every single anyways. kid's gonna go out and yes. get blackout sure. drunk. Yeah. So if you can just contain it in your own watch, they're it's, safe as fuck. Yeah, it's safer than mm. not knowing where the hell they are. So well, we had a, <clears throat> we had another buddy that lived not too far away from his parents' place. They lived in like a row house, I guess, or a townhouse, an older townhouse. And his dad built this is like dirty highway that I was telling you about. Yeah. So <laughs> his dad like had a Harley, and he just built this humongous shed in the backyard. It took up like the majority of the backyard. He had like a wood stove back there. Oh shit! And we used to just get fucking drunk out of our fucking minds in this shed. And then we'd be like puking all over the back alley, shit, you know, like, and pissing in the backyard, right? Thinking that his parents had no idea what we were doing. Mm-hmm. No idea. Of right? We'd be like, you know, 14, 15, 16. Even after I moved away and I used to come back and visit all my friends in Red Deer, we'd get drunk in there when I was like 17, 18 years old, right before everyone could go to the bar. And it was like years later. This buddy had moved away. He had come back. He was, it was like Christmas time. I was in Red Deer at the time. We went to the pool hall. He's like, hey, man, let's get out of here. This is expensive. Let's just go and like have a couple beers. Mm-hmm. My dad shed. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, right? Like, I've <laughs> been there like 10 years. <laughs> and so, like, his dad, like, I'm like cool with his dad and all this stuff, right? So we're just like hanging out. And he's just like flat out told me, he's like, yeah, we knew exactly what you guys were doing. <laughs> and it, just, it didn't even occur to me as someone, I would have been like in my mid-20s, late-20s at the time, right? It didn't even occur to me that, you know, his parents figured out what we were doing. He's like, no, we knew exactly what we were doing. And, oh, yeah. And it, it was the reasoning, right? It's like, it's better that you do it here, mm-hmm. right, in the shed, because we knew who was there. We just looked out the window and like we could figure out who was Oh, yeah. Here, right, right. I think they knew how drunk you were getting. If you were yeah. like actually going to drink too much, they it takes ten steps to go and grab all yeah, the alcohol, right? and put so. you to bed. You know, yeah. And you're not like out wrecking something. Oh, no, exactly. Yeah, or, yeah. Like, it could be anything. My mom very much was about just drink at home. Tell your friends to come drink mm-hmm. here. That are allowed to drink. If they aren't allowed to drink, keep them out of the house. She always said, but like that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, they don't need someone else's parents calling. Yeah, and like my after like the second party I threw, my mom knew who was allowed to be. Yeah, drinking like like I said, I came from a really small town, right? So if one kid was there that wasn't supposed to be one weekend, she heard about it and just never let them back in. Yeah, but like my mom also took everybody that could drive. If they drove to my house, she took their keys at the door. Oh, perfect. Yeah, and they and they went up and she told them these are going to bed with me. You live in a town where you have to walk six blocks and you're out of town. Yeah, don't drive home. That's yeah. ex- exactly what my mom did when like my sisters would have parties there. Yeah, it was just a matter of like you can either stay here, I don't care, yeah. or you can try to walk home, but you're not driving your vehicle the four blocks and running someone over, hurting yourself. You know, was her main thought, and like she would always come. I don't, I never noticed it at the time. But she would always come down and check how drunk people were. Oh, really? And I never ever saw her down there. But like now, like when I talk to her about the parties I used to throw, she's like, oh, yeah, there was parents I was calling to come get their drunk kids. (laughs) I didn't want to be on the hook for how drunk they were going to be and told them, you know, come get them now. And I was like, I always wondered how my parties kind of cleared out. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't throwing no one out, but everybody was going home. Everybody said they got home safe. 
cool. I yeah, was high so- school kids are not that responsible. Yeah, yeah. Be like, like you know what? I'm a little kid. too drunk. I'm yeah. going to go home. <laughs> yeah. But like also being a high school kid, I just thought, you know, like, they went home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, they or they get in trouble or like, you know, Irish off. goodbye and somebody just leaves, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, like soon you're sitting there with like two buddies. You're like 16 hammered. You're, like, how is there only two of us now? What happened in the last hour or whatever? But that was always my mom's thing. She was like, just drink here. I can send people home. I can, if there's not going to be any fights here. You know, they have yeah. two kids who want to fight. I'll tell them to go home and fight. Yeah. Or whatever. But it kept the parties under control. I do remember my, me and my brother, my younger brother that I don't see very often. We got into a scrap drunk one night. <laughs> it was encouraged by our friends because they they were convincing. Oh, that would never that happen. <laughs> and it started off pretty innocently with me going, I'm not going to fight my own brother. Like my mom's awake in the fucking kitchen upstairs. She's down here <laughs> but when she goes to sleep, buddy, you're going to well, fucking get it. Drunker and drunker. And my little brother, he always, even now he like, he's, he's just a smaller guy, but he's always been like kind of into working out ever since he was like 13, but he just doesn't gain the muscle mass. Right. But he thinks he's really big because he's always been into it. So even at like 14 and I was 16, the kids got him drunk enough that he was going to fight me no matter what, even if I said no. And I, I'm like outside in the backyard of my mom's house. And from where my mom will watch the parties at the kitchen table, there's a clear view of where I'm standing. And my brother comes out with a fucking full beer can, just whap on the back of my head. And I turned around and I was like, mom can see us, man. <laughs> If we do this, it's not going to go very far. <laughs> but if you don't stop, I'm going to fight you. And then you're going to lose. And he's like, yeah, whatever, man. And he reached behind him and I knew he was grabbing another beer can to fucking smack me with. And I looked up and I see my mom go like this. <laughs> and, I, and I just like everything in me was like, destroy this kid. So, and Your I, mom knew it. Like, and I, I, so I thumped it. him one in the face and he fell down and he spit bit at me from the ground and I was so drunk. I was like, you aren't done. And I just started thumping him. And the next thing I remember, man, I was like, I wound back and my mom had caught me by the elbow. Whoa. And like hooked her arm around it and flipped me and like, (laughs) just like spun me in a circle and I hit the ground and she was above me like this. And she's like, if you want to fight someone, fight me. And I looked at her. I was like, I can't hit you, mom. And I looked over and I socked my brother once more in the face. (laughs) And she just picked me up. She's like, you're done partying. All your friends are going home right now. And I looked at my brother. I was like, I told you this would happen. (laughs) And he's like sitting there. He's like bloody note. Oh, man. Yeah, so she dragged me in the house. She's like, you get to tell all your friends that they have to go home and they can't party here for two weeks. I was like, mom, what? <laughs> two weeks. That's a long time when you're that age, right? It was two weekends that yeah. we had to like not party because nobody else's parents would let us party. You had to like house. play Nintendo 64 or PlayStation instead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my mom, yeah, that was the only time I like fought my brother in front of my mom. Though. <coughs> I hit my brother with a rake once. Ooh. <laughs> It was his fault. He had to come. <laughs> he ran into of it. He, was, he will agree. I know he will agree. And then I fucking tried to run away to the back door, and it was locked, so that didn't go well. Speaking <laughs> of fighting, though, don't you have like an amateur boxing match coming up? You have a charity boxing match coming up. It's kind of a cluster, though. Like the admin is like, I don't know. I'm trying to communicate with them for like when the scheduling's happening and um, like what they're because like there's a bunch of us that want to start training together, but I'm like. I don't really know how charity it is. Like I'm in the mindset, like I'm going to go and fuck somebody up and I don't know if they're going to do it like, Oh, it's like more exhibition. We're doing like a point system. Like amateur would be, or if it's like, here's the ring giver, 
you know? And so I, in my head, I'm like, look, before I start training with people, I want to make sure I'm not training with someone that I'm going to be fighting. Cause I'm not letting that motherfucker learn anything from me, you know? So the administrators have been kind of poor at communicating. So we don't really know what the selection process is and like when the event's going to be, we know like the month, but we don't really know the day, which for my schedule working away, like it's kind of important. Like I might not be here. So I'm still like training and like I came from private training yesterday and I have two more coming up the next week. But yeah, fuck, we'll see how it goes, man. I don't know. But have you ever been in an amateur boxing fight before? No, I always did. I've done plenty of sparring. And, uh, and honestly, my entire motivation for getting into boxing was to fight you. <laughs> Dylan, Dylan if, if for whatever reason this event doesn't go through for you because you're at work, I will box you on the day you return from work. Oh, man. This is awesome. I'm uh, into it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Kay. fuck yeah. Okay. Well, dude, we should fucking, like, I would honestly love to, like, start hitting the same gym and do some sparring and shit. Like, it's. <laughs> I thought you were just going to say, dude, we should just fight. Yeah. Yeah, like, I was, like, I was, right? We should just fight right dude, now. Just, like, yeah. Yeah. grab some towels and do this right now. Dude, the amount of times is so funny. Like, when I got into boxing was before I quit drinking, right? So, like, the amount of times, it's, there's something about when people are like, oh, you're training to fight. But I bet I could still beat you up. Like, I don't think I'm going to win for the record. Well, I think you're going to knock me the fuck out because I've only fought like five times. In my I life. like that attitude. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to channel my inner your mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, man, like I'd fucking love to do sparring with you. Like the amount of times once I got into boxing and like I'd always have like my garage, it's a big fucking garage when I first lived in Calgary, right? So like I would always have like my boxing stuff set up out there and it was extra tall height. So like... You could fucking skip in there without hitting the ceiling, hang a heavy bag and whatever. And so people would come over to start drinking. I'm like, once everyone got drunk, for sure somebody at the very least was like, I want to hit the heavy bag or like we should fucking spar or like there's a reason Monty's blood is on those moccasins <laughs> that Jonah's wearing, you know, like, and it was just fucking funny, man. Like you'd get so many people that are like, yeah, like drunk and like, we should fucking spar, or like hit the pads or do some heavy bag work or whatever. And they're like, I'm fucking totally going to get into this. And then like the next day, that whole idea is gone. They're like, oh, no, yeah. dude, I'm not doing any of that shit. Fuck that. <laughs> That's a lot of work. But yeah, like I've, I've seen you been fucking smashing out the work lately. So like I would love, like I said, even just to like start hitting the same gym and doing some sparring, like it's so fucking fun, man. I would love to. If you Fuck ever yeah. want to come to my gym, it's like 60 bucks a month. I'm there all the time. That's so. a fucking great deal. It's good, too. Like, I haven't sparred in years. I was an amateur boxer <clears throat> over 10 years ago when I was in my early 20s. But it's really helpful to spar with somebody you trust. There's mm -hmm. nothing worse than, like, sparring yeah. with somebody that's brand new because you're just like, I don't know. Like, and uh, the club that I was at in Rimby, <clears throat> there was uh, quite a few teenage girls and uh, teenage guys, right? And so the, one of the things that the coaches had like everyone sparred everyone it didn't matter if the kid was 12 years old and you were like i would have been 20 yeah i think i was 19 going on 20 and then 20 going on 21 uh for the two seasons that i boxed so you would always box everyone but there was sometimes like there would be like a 13 year old kid and you would just catch him like and you weren't <laughs> you weren't trying to like knock the kid out. You're not right? rocking them, but you're smacking them. Yeah, Sometimes like, it just gets a little annoying. Yeah, exactly. And the coach <laughs> and the coaches would be coaching you, right? And they'd be like, you know, like don't let him get that on you. Like, you Sometimes know. Sometimes he deserves a little fucking extra. And spinning. then like <laughs> you could see it. And like I remember I was sparring with this uh kid and he had curly hair and he he wasn't quite 
hitting puberty yet, so he's still kind of short. And I remember seeing it in his face. Like, I got him once. I can't remember how I got him, but I just got him straight right on the nose. Oh, no. And you could just see the switch in his head. And he was like, and then he was out for blood, right? Yeah. And so, like, I didn't, like, even though I was, like, probably weighed, like, had 60 pounds on this kid and, like, could easily defend myself against him if I had to. I didn't want to spar with him anymore because now he was, like, just, kind of I, mad at me, right? He just can't control his emotions. Yeah, so. Yeah, you know he's kind of looking for that opening yeah. to give you one back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? yeah. and, like, so. that's how you get concussions, man. Because, like, Whoa. in sparring, you're, like, you're, it's not full fight, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you, it's, you're learning. It is still training. And so everyone's kind of on the understanding that you're, like, never at 100%. But mm-hmm. then you get someone that's throwing 100% in the middle of that. And yeah. if you get caught by something like that, especially with that anger in it, man, it's a yeah. fucking problem. Yeah. You know, but. But I think it's, it's like boxing is like any martial art, right? Like it's the discipline of knowing how to react when you get smacked and staying yeah. level-headed like that you have to learn in the training to go into a real fight or else you're just going to get knocked around because oh, you're yeah. in your emotions the whole time, right? Dude, if you like in a boxing match, if you react emotionally, you expend so much more energy fighting angry than you do fighting like focused. Oh, yeah. And like, as long as the other guy has some good defense and like he gives you like 30 seconds to a minute of just angry swinging, you're so fucked after well, yeah, that. You're just going on swinging on like adrenaline pretty yeah. much, just letting your... Oh, your defense Anger, is down, yeah. your hands are low, yeah. your fucking elbows are Then as soon as that wide. starts running out, you're f- done. Well, like yeah. any tell that you have when you fight with emotion, you're going to be able to see way yeah. quicker than if you're considering trying to throw the person off with the way you're fighting. Yeah, your punches right? are coming from a province over. You yeah, know? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, you're winding up stupid, you're dropping your shoulder, or your elbow, you're throwing your leg into a right hook. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, as soon as, it's the same as like when you get into an emotional actual fight with someone, like after like 30 seconds, you're exhausted because you just beat the shit out of someone. But yep. if you had to stand up and do it again for 30 seconds, you don't know if you can. Well, and the other thing I remember my coaches training all of us on, especially the ones that had competitive fights coming up, is not showing when you're injured. Mm-hmm. Because they explained, and it's very true, is like if someone shows that you're injured, you want to get that standing eight count against them because that's just – more if if you don't get a technical knockout, there was hardly ever any knockouts in amateur mm. boxing because of the headgear, right? But if you you wanted the the technical knockout or the standing eight, because then the judges would award that round to you, right? So you were looking for that moment where you could see it in their face. Oh, they're hurt, mm. and you could like I remember my coaches telling they would yell at you from the corner like he's hurt, go in, go in, go in, and then and they would tell you to act on that. So it's not only like controlling your emotions, so you're not like trying to box with anger or you know be spiteful when you're boxing like you're you're still like engaging in a sport right but also recognizing when you're impor- when your opponent is injured and then you can yeah. just be like yes yeah yeah. 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 yeah well and it's funny you see it a lot like especially in professional boxing um people will almost overcompensate trying not to show that they're hurt like you'll see a lot someone will get fucking smoked and then they'll like shake their head at the other guy like no, nah, that was nothing. Mm. Almost always it means that you fucking rocked him. Yeah. And they're just trying to like... He's shaking off the fucking lights in his yeah, head. Yeah, they're, like, really they're like trying so hard to not seem injured. that Like you, you want to be like neutral and just keep going. But like they'll fucking react in a way and they like overcompensate to seem mm. not hurt. And it's like most of the time they'll like stick their tongue out at someone and it's like, oh yeah, that was a thing. And yeah. now he's fucking acting out to try to like really not show it. 
Yeah, because you've now thrown them off their own mental game by rocking them. like 100%, that, you know? dude. Mm-hmm. And that's honestly, like, my favorite thing about boxing since I got into it, 100% has been the mental game, dude. Like, it's mm. not just physical. So much of it is, like, it's fucking human chess, dude. Yeah. Like, learning what the other person is working on, trying to predict it, watching their fucking hands and their feet and mm-hmm. figuring out, like, what are you setting up? Because, like, let's be honest. If you're reacting because there's a punch coming at you, you're not going to react fast enough. Yeah. No. If you're reacting to the punch being thrown, you've got to watch for the tells that the body is giving you and seeing how they're setting things up. And so there's nothing better than like, especially when you're learning, right? Because like at my gym, like there was a guy that was about the same build as me, a little bit shorter and uh, about the same skill set. We've been doing about the same amount of time. We got there equally as often. And so every weekend when sparring came up, 100% it was who put in more work. You know, who watched the tapes, mm-hmm. who was fucking figuring out what the other guy was doing, you know, and you get in there and you're like, I fucking know what he was trying to set up on me last time. And maybe he caught me with it once. And this time I'm going to fucking get him. And like, you'll see him start setting it up because like, we're not fucking professionals by any means. Right. Yeah. Like there's so many tells that we're giving away if you know how to look for them. And you'd see him start to set it up and like say it ends with like a big fucking hook or something. And like you'll have defense up, defense up, bit of movement. And then when that big hook comes, you know it's coming and you fucking get under it. And he throws that fucking like punch that just takes all your air out. Like they throw it. And when you get under it and you're just like overextended and you put so much energy into it, now you're out here Mm -hmm. and you're like, fuck. (laughs) Your whole head is open. Oh, dude. And then you just, you get under it, it goes by and you just like, body shot and you're just like yes (laughs) you're so fucking excited man and but it always goes both ways right like the amount of times i've tried to set something up and like especially sparring my coaches right like our both of our coaches (laughs) that we had there were like pro boxers for many years and you're like they're doing 40 percent to your 80 Mm percent and so but you get you're so fucking intense in your head that you almost kind of forget that they'll let you catch them from time to time they know like I've been hit by way fucking harder dudes than you. You're not well, gonna. It's a confidence thing to let you for get sure. those through. Once well, and they're while. teaching you, right? So they want to show you that setting stuff up is gonna work. And so like you'll fucking catch them with something, and you're like, yeah, I fucking got them. And they're trying to teach you like, don't set it up over and over and over again. It gets predictable, right? So you'll try to set it up again too soon, and they're like, mm, you need to learn a lesson now. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, they fucking get out of the way and then connect with you, and you're like, oh my god, this sucks so bad. Like <laughs> I fucked you. The one coach I got dropped to a knee so many times man just body shots i'd fuck something up i do something dumb that he's been training me on and he's like don't fucking set yourself up for this body shot and i do it and like it's like dude i told you this so many times in pad work or i'd like tap you with the pads or whatever i know you fucking know this Mm -hmm. and that wasn't working so now we do it the hard way and it's just that fucking whap and you're just like like all the air is gone. Your body just clenches up immediately. And you're like, I know that I'm supposed to react. Like if they fucking get me with a fucking three to the body, I'm supposed to immediately return with the six because it's the ideal way to catch them on it. And all I can think about is do not move that fucking elbow from your ribs because if you get hit there again, you're going to pass out. (laughs) And you're just like, and you'll hear one of the other coaches, six, Throw the six. And you're like, no. <laughs> I'm taping my fucking elbow here forever. Like, let me curl up and die. But there's people watching too, right? Yeah. So like randoms from the gym. And so you're just like, ah, oh, dude, I have to fucking stay in it. But you're like, I'm going to fucking pass out right now. <laughs> like, oh man. The amount of times I was just like, but I'm fairly certain my ribs are broken. <laughs> like, this is fucking so dumb. So one, one of the coaches that I had, his, what he had a few kids, but one of them, and I think a couple of them, 
<clears throat> he personally trained and they became like uh, national champs or whatever category that they boxed in. Mm-hmm. Anyways, he was like, we need to get you guys sparring with some different people because we were all, it was near the end of the season. We had some competitive bouts coming up and he was like, you guys are kind of already learning what to expect from each other. So I, so he brought in one of his sons and like the guy's like tall. He's like pretty tall. Like he's probably close to six feet. Right. But he's like overweight. Mm. You can tell that he's definitely had like a hamburger or two. Right. Like, <laughs> <clears throat> he was, he was working a patch job. So he's just like, he hasn't boxed in I don't know how many years and he doesn't even do the warm up. Right, like you know, we're all like a bunch of kids, <laughs> Just like jumps running. into it. Yeah, like we're, we all like do the running and the stretching, right? And we're going through it, and he's just like kicking back, BSing with his dad about whatever. And it's like, okay, it's time to spar. And he's like, oh, okay. So he's just kind of like, you know, does a few this Waddles and that, his ass right? Up. You know, wraps up. <laughs> And just the drunken kung fu master. Oh, man. <laughs> and just fucking works us. Right? It's like, I get out of there. And he's like, okay, yeah. He just like leaves his kid in the ring, right? Who's like a 30 year old man or whatever, right? And then like next person and just like works it. And then like at the end of it, we're just like, yeah, so like, how often are you still like boxing and training? He's like, oh, I haven't done this in like years. And we're just like, <laughs> right? You know, and then he's like smoking a cigarette, at, you know, afterwards. And we were just like, it was like one of those cliche things where you could just tell that he's been just been doing it for so long, had, did, had done it for so long that it's still muscle memory for him, yeah. right? Yeah, so ingrained into him, yeah. Well, and yeah. so much energy is wasted doing shit you don't need to do. Like if you could, if you have the mentality to read the other person, like if you know what they're going for and how to set them up, you can really minimize your energy expenditure because you don't need to be overworking them. Like if you oh, can yeah. outsmart yeah. them, if you have the fucking ring smarts to fucking outwork them mentally, you can just set them up for shit. Your, your energy only really needs to go into what you're fucking rocking people with. Like you see guys that just throw and throw and throw and throw and throw. And you're like, dude, by the time you're hitting something significant, you're not gonna have the fucking power for it anymore. Mm. Like if, if you've got it up here and so much of it is mental, which is funny because it's a sport that's for sure not going to be great for your brain. <laughs> but like so much of it is mental, just knowing your opponent. And that's why like in pro boxing, like the coaches watch tapes mm-hmm. on, yeah. on the next opponent so much. And like if you can figure out what he's working on and then figure out how to get your guy to be different from your usual, like trick him on the tapes that they're watching on you. Like, dude, there's so much going on behind the scenes. Like you look at a guy like Custom Auto who was famous for training Mike Tyson, right? Like that dude was the puppet master. Like Mike Tyson was the animal in the ring, but Custom Auto was the guy behind the scenes putting it together and like creating that fucking monster and training him to to do all this. And there's this fucking super cool picture of them. It's this old black and white picture. And there's Mike Tyson, like young kid, right? Just fucking jacked. Like that dude looked like a more than a man (laughs) at like 13, right? And he's like leaning forward in a chair and he's all jacked. And Custom Auto's like, he kind of looks like Anthony Hopkins, to be honest with you. And he's just like leaning against the wall in the background with his arms crossed. And it just gives you this perfect perspective. Like you see Mike Tyson, you see this monster, but the mind behind Mm, it all, the the strategist is back there, Uh piecing it together and coming up with the plans. And like he was fucking hypnotizing Mike Tyson and being mm. like you do not exist only the ob- objective exists like just fucking like just controlling this absolute beast in the ring like yeah. it's so cool to see the mentality that goes in behind it all so well i think cocaine had a lot to do with it <laughs> monstrosities too it's all for the pigeons it's all for the pigeons but i remember after the first bout that i had uh it was in lethbridge i believe and i never really understood wanting to be a coach mind you i was like pretty young at the time right like i was 
just turned 20 or 21 or something like that. So I never really understood wanting to become like, why don't you just play the sport instead, right? And it was after my first bout and I had uh, two, there was two coaches that I was working with and I could see afterwards. And that's after I won, because I won that, that first bout and I could see that they had their own excitement for the success. Like it was, it was like a mutual success. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just me making the win. It was the work that the coaches put in yeah. plus me. So there was like this mutual success. And I saw that in both of them, like these two grown ass men. And they're like excited, like kids just that proud I, and, that I had yeah. won this, this bout. Right. Yeah. And like everything's sort of relative. It, it wasn't like, you know, this great big, you know, uh, competition, right? It was like, it was about, and I annihilated the other guy because he just didn't have the conditioning, right? Mm. You could just tell that, you know, this guy is kind of a doughboy, right? Yeah. And so whooped his ass. But like, the co- regardless of that, like the coaches were still elated. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a very sort of like uh, fascinating sport to have been in, even though I was only doing it for a couple of years. What was your record when you quit? 4-0. Oh. Yeah, I had four amateur fights and no losses. Three of them, three were TKOs. The first three fights I had were three wins by technical knockout. And then the fourth win was a win by split decision. Nice. And that was the last fight that I had. Nice, man. Yeah. So you're, Dylan, you're trying to put that four and one? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you did say to. that your whole point of learning to fight and box is to beat Jonah. Dude, I would fucking love to. The problem we always had is that when <laughs> we I... talked about it. Yeah, for sure. We talked about having a competitive amateur bout. Like a legit, like not an exhibition, not sparring. Like, And when he first got into boxing a few years ago, I was like, okay, look it. I'm like, if you get up to having four fights, four amateur fights, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, you got your, your boxing passport or whatever they call it that has your records in it. Is like I will go on a retirement, right? <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll make that happen. So, but like I, I not, really hope I'm not going to honor that. I'm not going to honor. <laughs> that. Oh, I was going to say, how many fights does Dylan two. have? I'll take four losses. Together. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, I'm really, <laughs> that right now. you get to I'm, four and zero oh by the I time you fight. Four and zero, oh real quick, same uh, day. <laughs> well, the big problem we always had was the weight class, right? Like when I got into it. Like, I'm a decent amount taller than Jonah, but for, uh, back when I got into it, I was quite a bit heavier as well, right? Like, I lost fucking 65 pounds in the process of learning to box. It was mm-hmm. fucking awesome. And even now, like, I was 225. I got down to, like, 160. And even now, I stay, like, fuck, sometimes, dude, I'll be as low as, like, still in the high 160s, but usually I try to stay 170 to 175. But originally, the problem was that I had so much more weight, right? Because I was bigger, but I was also fucking taller. Yeah. And... To be fair, when I say 225, that was not fit 225. <laughs> it was a fucking piece of shit. So um, now I try to like maintain a certain weight just because it's it's ideal for keeping some more sparring partners and stuff like that. It was but, just healthier uh, overall. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> it's so funny, man. I remember I had lost 25 pounds. I was sitting around 200. And I always I did the thing that people do, like, oh, I'm just a bigger guy. You know, like, <laughs> no, you're a piece of shit. Um, and I remember I was training with uh, my buddy Brian Samuels out of Red Deer, and he was Brian's he was a beast. Yeah, dude. So yeah, good buddy of mine. He fucking we were in a greasy punk band back in high school. Oh shit! Um, I only uh, I, I only saw Brian 
once in my life and he beat the shit out of some dude that I thought was super tough at the time. Yeah. But when I saw Brian take his shirt off to fight the guy I thought was super tough, I was like, Brian's going to fucking kill you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brian's a fucking monster dude. But also like a super fucking smart guy, yeah. like a crazy intellectual Great guy dude. always fucking shocked me. Yeah. I fucking love that guy, man. Like we had a greasy punk rock band and he was fucking so frustrated when I got into boxing. Cause like when we were in our fucking shitty little band, he's like, dude, you should get into boxing with me. And I was like, yeah, I don't fucking care, dude. And then fucking like, like seven years later, I'm talking to him. I'm like, yeah, dude, I've been boxing now. And he's like, fuck you. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like yeah, I'm loving it. He's like, I don't give a fuck, man. Like, I really, he's like, you for sure come down and train. But he's like, I fucking tried to get you to do this forever ago. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was training with him. <clears throat> and he's like, so you think about taking a fight or what? And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, dude, I'd love to. My work schedule makes it tough. I work two weeks on, two weeks off. And for a long time, I was doing two weeks on and one week off. So like being away for fucking two to three weeks a month makes it really hard to run mm -hmm. a strict fucking uh, camp right especially since in camp you just get what food they have there for you so trying to like watch your meals gets really tough and then you don't have a coach for half of your camp right yeah. so you're, it's kind of up to you to stay strict and you gotta like i did some like kind of mock run camps to see how it would go but i was training with brian and he's like you think about taking a fight and i was like yeah fucking absolutely and uh he's like what do you weigh right now and i was like oh, i'm about 200 and he's like yeah you could probably fight it like 175-ish kind of thing, like 170 to 180 sort of thing. And I was like, dude, no fucking way. You're out of your mind. And he like looks at someone else that was training there that <clears throat> knew the fight game pretty well. And he's like, what do you think? Probably like 175 or whatever. I think it was, it was super middleweight or whatever it'd be called. And they're like, yeah, for sure. And I was like, dude, if I weighed 175 pounds, I'd be dead. Like, because in my <laughs> fucking head, I was, I had it that like, I just couldn't be that much smaller. You mm. know, I didn't see myself as like super heavy. I was like, well, I'm fucking tall and shit. And he's like, dude, you... 100% could he's like at 180 in actual healthy shape you'd be a you'd be fucking jacked like you you have more unhealthy weight on you than you want to think yeah <laughs> and yeah. I was like ooh. and then yeah I cut all the way down to 160 which was super unhealthy though like I was just doing a fuck ton of cardio like the gym there was like a five kilometer trail that I could do to the gym so I would like jog the five kilometer trail to the gym skip for like a fucking hour before sparring spar for like two and a half hours and then sometimes skip for another hour and then jog home this is way too much fucking cardio not yeah, enough lifting much. i just fucking shed weight off like crazy when i was 160 like i looked like a fucking marathon runner yeah. i was not cool with it but it was also like dude i lost 65 pounds holy fuck i'm not dead you know well and you know from that point you're just building up healthily yeah the problem is so it's it is, it's, it's it fucking sucks, so much like, easier to do it like when you're like, I have weight, I could just put muscle on, you know, like now mm. once I fucking like leaned way out and like had some ab definition, I was like, I don't want to bulk now and like lose my definition on the way up. And like, <laughs> I'm just so fucking like vain about it now. So, but thankfully, like I'm happy with staying around 170 and just like being <coughs> physically fit and not worrying about like getting crazy, jacked. crazy, man. I weigh 190. And how tall are you? 5'10". Oh yeah, dude. You could for sure like be well, I guess you're I doing a lot to more lifting. 185 and then I like and I know what you're just saying, but like I tried my damnedest on cardio to drop down to 180 before I started going up and like I was just getting like to a point where I thought I was too skinny. Yeah. So dude, it's like, a real thing. It's time to eat whatever the hell I want and lift as heavy as I can and like I've gained yeah, like I'm 190, 195 usually now. So, like, I've put on 15 pounds of, like, strict muscle now. And like, that's a I'm, fucking accomplishment, dude. Like, it's way easier to lose fat than it is to put on muscle. Yeah. <laughs> it's way fucking easier. Well, in, like, the last, 
my arms have been steadily getting bigger, but like the last five weeks, they've just got huge. <laughs> yeah, it, like I, I was like weight training before I started boxing. So I think I started weight training seriously when I was about 18. So 18, 19, and I was still training with weights in that first season that I was boxing. But I was still like, didn't really, and I still really don't know how to eat properly for myself, mm -hmm. you know? It's because you make too good a pizza. That's true. <laughs> Just fucking yeah. Pizza's phenomenal. It's unreal. It's not even fair. But uh, I remember, so I think I was like 100, I think I was 155 pounds when I started boxing. And I remember after a couple of months when the coach is like, yeah, so are you serious about going competitive? I'm like, yeah, I'd love to train and like have a competitive bout, right? And so I remember stepping on that scale that night because we always had to weigh ourselves at the beginning of the night. And I think I was like 152 or something like that. And he's like, oh yeah, so you'd be like 141. And I'd like... I remember looking, I'm like, I can't. Like, I've been like 155 pounds since like I've been 15 years old, right? Like, there's no way that I could come down to 141. And it was only like 13, 14 pounds, right? He's like, oh, yeah, no, like, I'm not worried about that. You'll get down there. And like, I did. But it it was like very controlled eating. I, I think that's the best way that I could describe that diet. That mm -hmm. first season that I boxed, boxed, it wasn't, it didn't really adhere to any sort of like um, diet theme, I guess you could say, yeah. but it was just more so regardless of anything else, it wasn't so much what I ate. It was like when I was eating the specific thing. So I remember there'd be certain days where if I, let's say, went over to my grandparents and had supper with them and I would eat a very portion controlled as much as I could, but like the next morning I would have a bowl of lettuce with nothing, <laughs> like no dressing or nothing. Like that would be just like, you know, like that packaged lettuce or whatever. Yeah. Mm. And I would just eat that and that would be my breakfast. Yeah, just enough to make you full. Yeah, so I wasn't yeah. really thinking about what I was eating day to day. It was like very much eating in relation to what my last meal was, right? So okay. I was eating these yeah. bizarre like things, like eating salad for breakfast is bizarre or like... I would eat, sometimes I'd eat oatmeal for like lunch. I'm like, why didn't I do that for, you know, for like breakfast, right? Yeah. So I was just, it was, it was so weird, but like the weight came off. <clears throat> yeah. Dude, oatmeal is like my fucking favorite meal now. Like two things that getting into shape made me really enjoy is oatmeal and fucking grapefruit, dude. Grapefruit's sick. Dude, mm -hmm. like such fucking healthy carbs and grapefruit. I had no fucking idea. My coach taught me that. And I was like, just the best fucking fuel ever. And then like oatmeal, like you can fucking mix things in oatmeal to make like a fucking super nutrient dense meal oh, yeah. that's like mm -hmm. not too heavy. It's a small portion. It's heavy enough to give you all the nutrients. So your body's like, I'm good. You know, like I'll do like oatmeal, some sort of like non-dairy milk. And then like goji berries, um, fucking cacao nibs and some protein and like, dude, you're fucking golden. And then like a fat, there's so many healthy fats. Definitely now. throw a bunch of bananas in there too. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a baboon that can't eat the zoo food. <laughs> can we, can we get into the story of that night? Oh yeah, please. Do. Okay. It, it kind of fucking came up and then like it moved on and I was like, I don't My know if that's Jonah shopping. being like, I don't, the whole story though. Yeah, let's hear it. So... <laughs> Because when we when we did your other podcast, you guys did like a recap afterwards, and it like it you skipped some stuff that I didn't know if you intentionally wanted to skip. 
Oh no! I, okay. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, they came out here and were like, "We're gonna record a podcast." And like, I was pumped because this was kind of like at the end of my personal work where I'd like gone down the rabbit hole enough and just like fucking just tortured myself psychologically to like get through <laughs> my shit, you know? Because like when I went through that big fucking breakup, a bunch of my buddies were like, "Dude, move in with me," and I was like, "No, nope. I'm gonna be a drunk piece of shit for a year <laughs> and then go to start dating somebody and be like, oh, I didn't work through anything." <laughs> so I fucking came out here and I was like, "I'm gonna condense it. Like, I'm gonna do my two weeks at work and not fucking think about anything, and then I'm gonna come home and do two weeks here and just like do mushrooms and fucking work out and like whatever I've got to do to just like fuel that fire, right?" So the first real social thing I did after that was this fucking podcast, and they come out. And uh, this is actually, that was really the inception of the fucking uh, Enlightened Dirtbags podcast, because you contacted me after, and you're like, hey, man, I want to do a podcast about books. And, like, I think, like, Yeah, it was sort of like it. the seed moment, right, yeah. for the Enlightened Dirtbags. Was doing the, catalyst, the episode, so to speak. Uh, yeah, like having you as a guest on, on the other podcast. Yeah, for sure. And so we do this episode, kind of like understanding, like, we're going to do an episode, and then we're fucking going to do some space travel. And like, <laughs> in a sense, I became like the Sherpa because both of you had done mushrooms a bit before, but like nothing too serious. Yeah, and like, it's like I, I basically came in with like a fresh mind, basically thinking like, I've never done this before, even though I had done mushrooms once. I was like, that was sort of the attitude that I brought. Yeah. And like, so, I'm new to this. and this place really became like, when I moved out here and people were like, oh, Dylan's just doing mushrooms at the cabin. Like so many of my friends that either like wanted to try mushrooms again or try it for the first time would reach out and be like, dude, can I come to the cabin and do mushrooms? I just became the guy, yeah. you know, yeah. like, and some of my friends that were like very experienced, like my one buddy, Jeff is like, that's the dude. Like if I'm fucking fully breaking through the stratosphere, that's my fucking guy, man. Like such an experienced psychonaut that like. I know, I know, I don't have to worry about him. Like we can get mm. super fucked up and we're both golden. I never have to worry about him. If either of us gets fucking weird, we're just going to keep the conversation flowing and we'll just balance it out and keep going. I'm like, dude, mm. we had some fucking times out here. <laughs> and so um, they come out and we're like, all right, we're going to do this trip. Dylan's kind of going to be like the Sherpa in a sense. And I'm like, I got my tea ready. I always use like a fucking chai tea because it's got L-theanine in it, which is like a really good anti-anxiety for that like kind of roller coaster white knuckle coming up, hmm. you know, and you just like, yeah, fucking smooth into it. And it's like a major ingredient in a lot of sleep stuff, right? Kind of help ease your mind, let you fucking shut down naturally. So we got into it, do the podcast, and then just start making fucking pots and pots of tea dude just oh, like man. with that fucking teapot that teapot right there <laughs> that's the mushroom specific teapot there's a totally different set for like regular people that come and that one comes with its own individual like matched cups and shit and like this perfect <laughs> little pot for brewing mushroom tea is fucking awesome it's perfect so um we start getting into it right and like dude jonah is so fucking funny to do mushrooms with like he's got these like obscure little fucking terms and like I had been telling them about uh, Terrence McKenna, who's like <laughs> one of the world's most like renowned psychonauts, right? Like the yeah. dude went into yeah. the fucking jungle with his brother Dennis and like studied ayahuasca and shit, just doing like natural mushroom highs, picking them from the ground, shit. Like his book True Hallucinations is the coolest fucking thing ever. And so I'd been telling them about Terrence McKenna, and like at one point, Jonah's like eating a fucking banana and he's like sitting in that chair because Jonah comes out with like a, like a fucking bunch of bananas and like a well, hundred fucking cucumbers or some shit like just that's like his this, preparation this this like package of like these miniature cucumbers and there was like two dozen fucking of these little cucumbers man dude I thought it was so fucking strange and then like in the middle of it 
when you like kind of want a snack, but you don't want like dense food. And you're like, dude, a cucumber is like the best fucking mushroom <laughs> it's just snack. Just fucking water. It's like you food in a drink. Yeah. yeah, it's fucking awesome. Like it gives you something to do with your mouth, and then like also you're just drinking. Like it's, it, I was like, this is it's fucking like watermelon genius, too. dude. Yeah. yeah, the student becomes the teacher, and oh, so shit. Jonah's sitting in that fucking chair right there, and uh, he had fucking eaten this banana, and like I think he'd been getting heartburn or something. Oh and, man, I had. The worst heart. Yeah, and he's like, I'm just a baboon that can't eat the zoo food. <laughs> and we're fucking dying. <laughs> Another point, he's like eating a banana and he's like, uh, this banana is the gear shifter on my spaceship to go see Terrence McKenna. <laughs> <laughs> like, and so I was kind of like guiding us on the way up. And then we hit a point where I was like, it's going good. We're fucking dying laughing. And it's like, me, Jonah, and I are the mutual friend that we've known for fucking ever, right? So, like, old stories are flying around. We're in this space. It's a fucking blast. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to kind of fucking let go here and let this go. And we're like, step outside for a fucking smoke or whatever. And one of them was smoking a joint. And we're just standing out there. And one of them says something about, like, uh, oh, Dylan's, like, being our Sherpa for this adventure. And I just walk by Jonah, and I'm like, nobody's at the wheel anymore. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> just like, oh. Just throw a wrench in there. Like, I just like, we're outside. Wait a minute. Remember, like, what? Around, like, There's nobody supervising me. <laughs> <laughs> There's no longer an adult in this oh, situation. Yeah. yeah, we've reached terminal oh. velocity. Yeah, and it's like, like completely dark out by this point, right? It's late at night, you know? And it's kind of, it was like, a, it was probably about this time of the year when we did it. No, it was in October. Yeah, it yeah. was. I think it was snowier than this, ago. but it was warm. It was probably similar to this temperature. It's yeah. like we hung out outside a bit. And like, that's the thing I fucking love about being at the cabin. Like, if you're doing mushrooms at like a buddy's house, you don't want to just like step outside because you're like, society is <laughs> reality. So, like, no fucking thanks, dude. I'm going to stay in our little world here. But here, you like step outside and there's all the fucking trees and birds and squirrels and mm -hmm. shit. And like, even when it's dark, you hear the sounds and you've got the stars above mm -hmm. you. And like, the trees with all the needles and shit just provides like a whole new texture to your adventure, right? Yeah. So we're like stepping outside, you get the fresh air, which is so nice. It smells so good out here. You're right next to the lake. And um, so we're fucking hanging out outside and we're like, all right, man, we're like moving on to a new chapter. And we're like, that's always been a thing for me. Like I'll relocate spaces, whether it's like start at the fire and then move into here. And then once that chapter's over, you like move up top and kind of close in your world or whatever. Mm. And you just have your little fucking space up top of the TV and shit and like different lighting. And so we like move our chapter out to the fucking deck. It's like, fuck, two o'clock in the morning or something, right? Like, we're well into fucking fourth or fifth gear on this fucking journey. <laughs> and so we move out onto the deck, and I plug in these, like, string lights that are up along the edge. And this just became a beacon for wayward travelers. Like, oh, no. so... Yeah, literally. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It was fucking so strange. Just sitting outside on the deck, just, like, cruising along. Middle of the fucking night. It's oh, yeah. pitch black. We're like, and back here, there used to be like a bunch of bushes and shit. I don't know if that crazy old dude with the golf cart ran them all over, but like it used to be like pretty dense foliage. And again, it's like start of the summer here. So like end of the summer, it will be a lot too. Um, and so we're like sitting out on the deck, kind of, you have this feeling that there's like not society's not here, you know, it's like this untouched space. And we just hear this like rustling, you know, it's like a Jurassic Park scene. <laughs> the bushes are shaking. They haven't shown you the dinosaur yet. And then uh, these fucking two ladies just come fucking stumbling through the bush. Wasted, dude. Wasted. 
on a totally different fucking wave than us. Yeah. Like, it, it was just like two edges of our universes is just like touched because there, there shouldn't be any cross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just like, oh, yeah, dude. no. And they come over. So we're sitting up on the deck and they're down there and like, I don't want to be rude. I'm going to be rude. I don't want to be, but I'm for sure going to be. <laughs> so like not, I was going to say not top of the food chain, but probably very high <laughs> on the food chain. Not winners, you know? Yep. So uh, one of them was like super heavy, like super heavy. It's super and heavy, so, like Yokozuna? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, That's oh. a big lady. So they're like down there and like below us on the deck and we still kind of have this separation because we got high ground, you know? And we're <laughs> we like, so we're like, we're kind of keeping them at bay, you know? Yeah. Like our fucking worlds are just like, like the fucking like Dragon Ball Z when the, the laser beams are, would yeah, the, the laser universe. beams are hitting each other and we haven't, nobody's succumbed to anybody yet. <laughs> and the one fucking girl, like we're tr like being friendly, but trying to just like, look, we just want to have our own thing. We're yeah, really we're hoping you fuck off. Yeah. Nice but to see you. Hello. Yeah. Please go away. But it's difficult for them because they like, it's not like they're passing by. There's nowhere to fucking go. <laughs> they saw the lights come on and they were the fucking stragglers of this drunk thing going on elsewhere. And everybody else is done moths. and they're looking for more yeah. and so they fucking wander over to our super peaceful fucking hilarious world and just start fucking causing shit so like psychologically they were like super chill about it but like psychologically they're fucking with our world here and so the one girl just goes oh what you guys aren't even gonna invite us up for a drink and we're like fuck damn like i guess like you're holding us fucking hostage here so we're like yeah fuck i guess you know like and i don't i don't even think at this point i was even like because i think i might have had one or two scotches throughout like the eight hours oh, yeah. up until this point right yeah like none of us our other buddy doesn't even drink so he was just like having yeah like, he was just having not even a part of your no it wasn't like there was a bunch of beer point. bottles scattered yeah. like there was no telltale signs that there's some drinking going on here. Yeah. yeah you're sitting outside enjoying yeah. the and fucking dude, I'm sure it's very obvious that we're on hallucinogens yeah. like at least that something is off yeah, yeah. You know, like if they weren't sure yeah. you were on yeah you're not sitting out there sober yeah, yeah. but exactly yeah you're not sitting yeah and we're also not like having you. a party where you're gonna yeah. be like hey can we come fucking merge like because it's different if you're out camping and there's two groups drinking like, like, did you have like music playing or anything I at don't even know if we did I don't think so at one point there might have been but there's sixth gear outside at two o'clock you guys are probably just talking to each other yeah mushrooms but there would have been that's what I'm thinking because like if I'm at that point on mushrooms I'm not I'm not cranking like fucking dance music distracting and like affecting your mood than anything else well and if there was anything third eye blinds playing just sneaking in crystal meth songs on the radio like and one I have like a lot of my playlists are built like scenario specific. Mm. Like I have like different genres for workout music. And then I have like, I have multiple mushroom playlists, right? Yeah. Mm. Most of them are pretty chill. I've one specifically for when I was doing like my personal workout here. That was like kind of this weird take that I had where I'm like, this playlist kind of makes me feel like shit. And so I'm going to come home from work. I'm going to do like five grams of mushrooms by myself and put this playlist on. Just and I'm just going to suffer. Yeah, dude, just like <laughs> put myself in the, it was this like, awkward like it, i fucking love the music now but it's like a weird electronic that's like dark and bassy and has like these really like uncomfortable sounds in it like synths and stuff that just like put me in this like depressed anxious state but i was like that's where i need to be to work through it. did you ever look into like if those are running on certain uh 
Oh, do you have no idea, like oh, the fucking waves and whatever? Yeah, yeah you're not talking to a scientist, brother. I have <laughs> yeah. no fucking clue. But I mean, it's not hard to find out either. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, no, I have no fucking idea. But like, it was just, I don't know, it made me uncomfortable. But for the most part, my mushroom playlist are like, kind of like folk music, bluegrass stuff, Very like just chill, chill hanging out, like mm-hmm. hanging out at a cabin around the fire sort yeah. of vibe. So it wouldn't have been anything that's like inviting, like, hey, we're fucking blaring ACDC and chucking beer cans yeah, around. It would have been more yeah. like these three dudes are probably going to bed in the next hour. Yeah, exactly. Music. Yeah. So no way we could have, but yes, yes that's the vibe. That's what it would have felt So like. she fucking like, she starts the hostilities, you know, like you guys aren't <laughs> even going to invite us up for beer. Like, what do you expect me to say to that? Like, no. Like, you know, like, like you, now we're in the middle of nowhere with two ladies that are about to be screaming at us. Yeah. <laughs> you either have to oblige to like tame the situation or just like go full frontal and be like, I actually don't fucking want you to be here. And but just I'm, sit there and get berated. Yeah, for you sure. Fuck up two people's trips and your own. Yeah, for sure. And so we're like, yeah, like, I guess. Yeah. Like, come on. Up. And it was a fucking super uncomfortable, com- uncomfortable answer. Like, yeah. Like, oh yeah, I guess. Like, come on up. And, <laughs> like not you know, really yeah. Them and to. they're just like, fuck. Yeah. Like, let's tromp our way up there and fuck. Do that, so like, it's annoying me talking away. about them. Actually, yeah, yeah, I get so that. Um, they fucking come up, and we did end up having a fucking rad conversation, but it got super awkward. Like the heavy one was like on the hunt, dude. But I think she was kind of aware that it wasn't gonna happen. She didn't really approach the topic for herself for a while, but her friend Taylor. I think was her fucking name. How do you remember that? I I remember that because she said the girl's name so many fucking times. Oh, right. she kept trying to like pimp her fucking friend out to us. That's right. And her friend was like uncomfortable with it. Like she's like, I have a boyfriend. She's like, yeah, but like whatever. And like she just kept like throwing her fucking friend out. Like, oh yeah, Taylor gives like great blowjobs or whatever. And like we're like, (laughs) dude, fucking quit it. Not even your friend likes this. Leave us alone. Also, it's not happening. Like, fuck. So- I don't know. We got into these wild stories where they're telling us about like their job is they drive around trans escorts and shit. Like it was fucking wild. Like the whole conversation was fucking crazy. But then at one point. And you're trying to like process this when you're like in fifth gear on mushrooms about to start shifting down. Right. And you're just like, oh, so you drive hookers around. And I was going like, to say, yeah, you really like briefed over that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So was, but dude, it was fucking like, weird. Like specifically trans escorts. Though, like, yeah, that was very much it. And so like. I don't know, it just got like, and you're also kind of like, are you fucking with us? Because you can't tell. Yeah. Like, yeah. they're fucking wasted. So they're like, facial giveaways aren't going to fucking work out. And we're not like, their facial yeah, giveaways are say, fucking happening. Really I'm not yeah. picking up on anything. anything. Yeah. Like, we're like, what were the words that were just said? Was that a deceiving they squiggly face that she just made? Yeah. 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 What's going on? <laughs> I can't read these fucking wiggles in your face right now. But uh, not a fat joke. Um, so the one, the big girl's like, Oh, can I like? She's like, "Do you have a washroom?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Uh, she's like, "Okay." That's the outhouse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, should, I, should have. I don't know why I didn't say that. Go visit the spider house. Yeah, no doubt. My obviously, I'm not in fucking prime, fucking witty mode right now. But so I'm like, "All right, yeah." Like, you, the bathrooms in there just go fucking straight through. You can't miss it. Please don't piss in any bedrooms. So <laughs> she go goes into the bathroom and she comes back out. And she sits down at the table again and she just goes, "You are so fucking sexy." And we're all like. 
what? And Mike and Jonah are like, do you have a gigantic naked picture of yourself in the bathroom that none of us have seen? Like, what the fuck? Dude, it's just like, and like, while she was gone, her other friend was like pretty chill. Like, cause her other friend had been uncomfortable about it the whole time. It was just hanging out. The other one, the bigger one had just been like driving this like uncomfortable, like mm. please have sex with my friend kind of theme. And uh, so while she was gone, we had this like chill vibe, things kind of settled down. And then she comes back and it's just like smash with this line. And we're like, what the fuck? And I'm lost. Cause I'm like, yeah, I've just, have like a folder of nudes or something in there? Like, I don't understand like, what where is this coming from? So we're all looking at her like, what in the fuck is yeah. happening right now? And then she's like, oh, you just like, like this tattooed guy living in a cabin and like your fucking bathroom is clean and stuff. And like, whatever. She's just, just like all this stuff that like guys don't do. And I was like, and like, oh. ma- I, I don't know if you, this is where you're leading it to, but I got to make sure that you lead it to this. She like refers to him as like Al Pacino. Cause he's like, oh yeah, right? <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. How and did that happen? Because you, she came out and she's like, "You're so sexy," and she's going off about the tattoos and this and that, and she somehow connected it to a sexy Al Pacino. Like she just associated <laughs> your sort yeah. of like confidence and your bravado I with guess, like Al yeah. Pacino, right? But we were so lost. And we were just like. The fuck? <laughs> Dude, we're just like, what the fuck is happening? My reality is breaking down right now. Like, I don't think sober I could have connected these fucking dots. Oh, and yeah. like, hi, you're like, is there any fucking dots? Yeah, like, what like, have I missed? Yeah. Or, like, misunderstood that they've got me where the Oh, fuck dude, we it was now. so fucking weird. And they were here for a long goddamn time. So the conversation keeps going, right? And by now... We had like, everyone had long been since introduced and, you know, obviously we knew who Taylor was because her name was said like a gajillion times, right? <laughs> but then like the the heavier set girl like fucks up and refers to version two as Shane. And we were just like, <laughs> we thought this was the funniest fucking thing, right? Because she's so drunk that she doesn't even remember like his name, yeah, right? And we're just like, Pfft. and then like somehow... It, it happened again, right? And we're like, oh, man. And then it was like Shane Pacino. <laughs> I just became Shane Pacino the rest of the Shane night. Shane Pacino the Shane rest of the Pacino. night. And it was just like, it was so fucking funny. And it's like, it probably shouldn't have been that funny, but the mushrooms just made it. Oh, there, yeah, right? absolutely. What was the name of the cat? Oh, man. So this big lady. <laughs> we somehow got talking about pets, right? And so... At the time, I think uh, my girlfriend and I only had the one dog, and I think we just got her two cats or had her cats, yeah. and we were, like, talking about getting her second dog. So we started talking about pets, right, mm-hmm. which is, like, a rad conversation mm-hmm. to have. And she's like, oh, I got this orange and white cat, you know, wherever I live. I think she lived in Edmonton or something. And she's, like, going off about her cat, and we're like, oh, cool, you know, like, everyone at the table is, like, a cat lover. And she's and someone asked, like, oh, what's your cat's name? And she's like, Cooter. And we were just like, oh, like, <laughs> we thought she was fucking with us. Yeah. yeah. There's, we're like, I'm like, there's no way your cat is named that. Yeah. And the three of us are dying. Oh, like, man. We're like, like, you have a cat named Cooter? And she's just like, <laughs> doesn't even realize, like, how funny this is. Yeah, she's not picking up at I'm all. Like, you, I'm like, and then finally I had to, like, kind of, like, talked to her i was like you understand why this is funny right <laughs> and she's like no i don't i'm like cooter like it, it's it's a synonym for pussy yeah and she's like no it's not i'm like yes it is and then you could see like the realization 
Like, there's no, like, this poor lady had this cat named Cooter for so long, right? And, and then finally realized. What else is that a word for? Yeah. yeah right? dude, like, like I, that's not a name. The, yeah. the best part about it is Jonah's fucking doing this crazy laugh the whole time that, like, his girlfriend refers to as going full Mickey because it's like this Mickey Mouse laugh. Oh, and yeah, like just, super high pitched. Yeah, like it's so, and, and he just like gets laughing about his own laugh and it gets fucked. And then everyone else is just laughing it because just he's laughing. Oh my God. And he's doing this fucking laugh about telling her that it's like a synonym for pussy. And it reminded me so much of the scene in Role Models where he's like, it means vagina. <laughs> <laughs> the whispering Oh, eye. my God, oh. I was fucking like in tears, dude. I was like, there's no fucking way this is happening right now. Just like, and like, it was so funny because like the two fucking wavelengths of our different groups were just doing this and like never matching. Like they would be kind of lost and we'd be fucking dying. And then they'd be talking about something and we'd be fucking lost. And like, it was such a awkward fucking just like waves clashing against each other. So fucking strange. And then like, finally, there's a bunch of other shit that I don't even remember that got super oh, weird. But finally they left and we're just like, what the fuck was that, dude? Like, we got to go to fucking bed, man. Like, I'm so, like, so lost in all of this. Like, they've been high morning, for so long. Dude, yeah. and they just, like, appeared out of the bushes. Like, and they came from over here. And I know the people that are over there. Like, I know the whole fucking yeah, row of lots there. For sure, 100%, none of the people that live there. And I'm just like, who the fuck are these people that just appeared at two o'clock in the morning? Wandering the, around yeah, the dude, lake. There's no path. There's no fucking path no. over there. And in the summertime, it's all fucking bushes. So they just like wandered through the bushes towards the light like a couple of fucking obese moths. And like, <laughs> just like appeared at the fucking cabin. We were just like, what the fuck is happening right now? Dude, it was so fucking oh. strange. Oh, fuck. man. It was a fucking great uh, night, though. A cat named Cooter. Oh, and then like we had just recorded the podcast. And they're like, oh, you guys recorded a podcast? We were like, yeah. They're like, oh, we're going to listen to it on the drive home tomorrow. And we're trying to explain to them that, like, that's not how it works. <laughs> like, it, we didn't, it's not live. It's not on the air now. Like, and multiple times we were like, yeah, like, there's some editing. And they're like, it, it'll release at, like, whatever, whatever time. And they're like, yeah, fuck yeah, we're going to listen to it tomorrow. And we're like, I don't know how you're going to do that. <laughs> I don't know what you don't understand. Do you time travel? And I don't know if you remember this. I can't remember which lady said it. And they were like, oh, did you like talk about us on your podcast? And we were like, no, <laughs> yeah. because we like recorded it we met you. long before you came over <laughs> hours here. Hours before I even knew who yeah. you were. I mean, yeah. the podcast you're technically going to listen to today now that it's late yeah. as fuck. Yeah. Did we talk about you on? It's, it's like, not happening It's like, right how now. am I the person making the most sense here? <laughs> and you start questioning yourself. You're like... Is that what they said, or am I this fucking high? Yeah. You know, like, because you're kind of losing your grasp of reality, yeah, like, and you're I like, really not understanding. Did we talk about, about them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, for yeah. sure. Like, maybe you guys are on it. Yeah. Oh, dude, man. And the popsicles. Do you remember the popsicles? No. Oh, dude. <laughs> oh, man. Once the big girl, because eventually the big girl was like, nobody's going to fuck Taylor. And she was like, kind of hit this gear where she's like, we're probably going to be out of here soon, so I'm just going to throw it out there. like oh, yeah. And like just, just get hungry getting, or something? Uh, yes, dude. Yeah. So. I, I thought about making a hungry hippos joke, and I was like, maybe that's too far. Um, <laughs> cat's out of the bag. The cooter's out of the bag. <laughs> um, so she starts talking about texting her ex or something and how like, when she wants to like turn him on, she'll just like send him a picture of her eating a fucking popsicle or some shit. Cause she's like equating eating popsicles to mm. blowjobs. And we're like, like you eat popsicles though. 
Like you'll eventually like bite. If you just lick a popsicle until it's gone, it's going to be on the fucking floor. It's gonna yeah. Melt, yeah. And yeah, dude, she's just like trying to make this like weird sexual connection to blowjobs and popsicles that none of us wanted. And she's just like going on about it. And we're Full like, resistance. oh my God, like how are you not realizing the fucking wall that you're trying to juggernaut <laughs> through like, right now? Nope. Yeah. We are not buying into this. Yeah. Oh my God, man. <laughs> Nobody wants this. Yeah. Now. It was fucking just like, I've never been that drunk, lady. Like, please fucking go home. <laughs> like, <laughs> There is no universe that this will happen. In. Yeah. I don't like, <clears throat> I just want to be nice to... The fact that these weren't like super attractive female people, right? Yeah. Did you hear that sentence? Oh. <laughs> but like, even like, it's like in all due respect, they were ugly as yeah, fuck. I want to be nice about the fact that these two humans were awful. <laughs> like, I think I was the only one at the time, and I'm still in that same relationship with my girlfriend, right? And so there was not even a sliver of a chance that I am like interested in having any sort of sexual contact with either one of these women, right? Yeah. So it doesn't even matter that they were like butt ugly. No, that was that before it, that it, ever happened. It, it could was have off been table. anyone else could have like came through the woods and I think regardless like we still would have been like fucking fumbling with the clutch and the fucking gear shift in the spaceship, man. Yeah. Cuz we had like, you know, like I'll, I'll be honest, man, anytime that I've ever been on mushrooms, if I've had to like encounter a, anyone that like wanted to even like hug and touch me i it's not gonna happen no no yeah it's not an erotic drug yeah you know like like even if like i haven't done mushrooms for quite some time now but like if i was on mushrooms and my own girlfriend who i love wanted to like give me like a longer hug glad you tossed that in there (laughs) so she's not mad i do love her you know i'd be like not right now like yeah. I'd still give her the hug, but it would be a quick thing. Like the yeah. only thing I really want touching me is like a comfortable chair. Yeah, yeah. Well, when I'm on mushrooms. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, that I was like I like I won't <clears throat> say I won't say her name, but you know who like the story and who I'm talking about. I think we, like we did mushroom something, and I just went back to my room for the night, and I was like watching TV or listening to records or something like that, just having a good time on mushrooms, and I hear a knock on the door. I'm like, no, thank you. Housekeeping. <laughs> <laughs> so, it gets better. So she comes in. And she's like, hey, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm fucking fine. Just trying to have a good night. If you just Deteriorating to, quickly, thanks. Like, if you just wanted to like back out, like, thank you. And she's like, she said like some other things, but I just wasn't listening to her. I was watching her, listening to something. And uh, at one point she was like, what's your sign? And I'm like, stop sign. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't care. She's like, well, when are you born? I'm like, fucking December. She's like, oh, this and that. I'm like, okay, cool. I don't care. Can you please leave? She's like, do you want to see my tits? And I was like, is this because you're in a band? I think this is even before I was fucking just, it like, had nothing doing to anything. Do with him being no, in a band. no, absolutely not. Up there, though. Yeah, but she just walks me. She's like, do you want to see my tits? And I was looking like, no, <laughs> please leave. That's really the mushroom mindset. She came over and there's three of us that have also just took mushrooms and we're sitting in the living room and she shows up and I'm laying on the floor holding this pillow. Like, yeah. So we were all on, yeah, everyone was on mushrooms. I cannot stop laughing. We don't even have our fucking television on. It's just a couch in the living room. We used to have a projector. So like there was no like entertainment. It was just a couch. And somehow I had went and got my body pillow and I was rolling around on the floor laughing, cuddling. <laughs> Couldn't be bothered with this person that came over to hang out with us. Awesome. So she's trying to talk to the person that invited her over, but 
this is the first time he's ever done mushrooms and he is in full laugh attack. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. He, he knows been hogging she's a there. pillow the whole time. Yeah, he knows she's there, but like whenever he calms down enough to start talking, the moment his mouth opens, it's nothing but laughter and he can't stop it. So now she's like, okay, the two people I do know are fucking incapacitated. Somehow in the 20 minutes it took me to get across the city because that's when it kicked in. And we were just like gonzoed when she was there because it like delayed. And then it, when it hit us, it was just like, woof. Yeah. Like it came on so fast that we all <laughs> thought we were going to throw up and then didn't. And then the giggles came. Oh, well, that's because nice. that's because you always got the ground mushrooms in capsules. Yes. And we would oh. just so take as soon as, we, as that capsule dissolves in yeah. your stomach. Yeah. Oh, and we were taking yeah. a Boom. bunch of them at once. Just well, like four up. or five. Yeah. So <laughs> the third person that was with us, she had no idea who that person was. And she, that, that this is the only person that kind of can talk. <laughs> Not full sentences without it going into laughter. And she comes in and she's like, one of you is missing. And all of us just like <laughs> look up at her and look around and then just start laughing again. We, and, we cannot, and we're trying to communicate. Like it, we're, it, there's pauses in the laughs as if they're supposed to be words and we just can't fucking stop. <laughs> and finally the person she doesn't go know goes, yeah, we don't know where he is. We just start <laughs> laughing some more. And like, there's no other sound. So eventually we all kind of like calmed our laughing down. And all there is is sound coming from Cam's room. And it's not laughter. It's just sound. <laughs> just like TV or some music on. Probably third She goes, oh, well, that must be where Cam is. And then she disappears. And then after Cam's like, get out of my room. I don't want to see your tits. She comes, <laughs> she comes back out to the fucking living room and all three of us had forgot she was in the fucking house already oh. and so the person that invites her over is you were in your room at the time so Tommy Guns to anybody that knows who he is Tommy Guns has decided he needs to get up he's thirsty but he can't stop laughing still so he's, he's not gone, the only one by the sound of the fucking fridge and got the whole fucking jug of milk out of there. Oh, and he's no. at laughing so hard that he's like tightening the thing <laughs> so it's just like getting to where it like starts over and then tightens yeah. again and she comes in and she's like do you need help and i don't i th i in my head i thought he hadn't got into the milk yet and he goes to say yes and he has a whole <laughs> mouthful of milk that just comes out of his mouth and he looks down and starts laughing so he drops the fucking oh. and then he's just standing there in all this milk and he's like ah! just like dying and i remember she looked at us and was like i'm fucking done and just got in her car and left that oh she didn't my even God. Oh. She wasn't done. She is a very nice lady. Yeah. She is a fantastic person. She's a fantastic person. <laughs> Persistent. Yeah. Sounds like. Yeah. yeah. She, she's, she's been. Uh, Still haven't seen her. Table. Actually, I probably seen her tits by this point. <laughs> but definitely, definitely. I would say everybody in the house yeah. is there. But that day. a very Just good friend. A, yeah. On a different oh, occasion, we've all seen her tits. Yeah. Oh, she has a, a good friend now. <laughs> Oh, dude, that's fucking. We we'll give her a big shout out for trying to help us that day. She definitely cleaned up the milk before she left, <laughs> and we all were thankful because we watched Tommy try to do it with the pillow that he was cuddling, and then he was going to try to cuddle that pillow, and she took it away. So she really helped us out. That well, day. if it ends on a good note, then shout out, shout out to Lane. Yeah, shout out, <laughs> Lane. You know this story is about you, and I know you listen to the podcast. Thanks for being cool. Oh, no, that's uh, fucking high to actually hang out. To be fair, you guys were much nicer about her than we were about the two ladies that visited us. I don't, I don't 
don't think we were nice. We sat there and hysterically laughed at her until she didn't know what to do and left us. Oh, I mean, I mean, in recounting the story, though, I you guess, guys were pretty good about it. I mean, but. Cam told her, get out of here with your tits, and then we spilled milk all over the place and laughed at her until she left. So we weren't that nice. I mean, you kind of learned to read the room at that point. Like, yeah. none of these people are useful in the way you want them to be. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm like, I'm true. I'll, I'll give her credit. Like, she did tell me she was, like, it was weeks later that I finally see her again. She's like, I, I was in such a precarious position because none of you guys were going to be okay if something happened. But I also was in no shape to try to wrangle you guys if yeah. something happened. Oh, dude, there's no fucking way. It's like trying to collect fucking earthworms at that point. Yeah, like, well, she's like, I walked around and, you know, like made sure the oven wasn't on and like all this, <laughs> the parental things I could do. And then I just left you guys to your own devices and we all survived. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dude, there's fucking, that's, that's the thing I love about mushrooms though. It's like the stories are almost always like that. You know, like yeah. anyone that drinks, like they for sure have good drinking stories, but we all have some fucking terrible drinking stories. Like oh, yeah. I don't really have any terrible mushroom stories, even the bad trip. Yeah, ones. Didn't you just hear that drinking story about the podcast we just did with them? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that, was a, that was a drinking story gone wrong. Hey, that was cocaine so right. too, though. That's true. That's but also <laughs> gone so right. Yeah. <laughs> Why, man? Oh my God, man. Uh yeah, but in hindsight, like even my like crazy mushroom trip stories, I still I look back and I'm like that shit's funny as fuck. Yeah, like like yeah. my my worst experience on mushrooms just ended up with me having a nap on the ground. Yeah, for like 20 minutes, and I got up and <laughs> yeah, do you just like it. take yourself out of the room? You're like, yeah. I need some grass or something. Like yeah, that. exactly, like, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna go fucking pet the earth for a little yeah. bit here, and I'm be good again. And but, the best thing is, is, like, you know, you're not gonna die. Yeah. Like worst case scenario, I wait this out for like four hours and Absolute, reality absolutely. comes back and I can yeah. feel dumb, yeah. you know, like <laughs> was, Jesus Christ. for a long time. I was an advocate over of acid over mushrooms, but really, uh, I, I now like now that I've took the dive and like use mushrooms as like a tool. <clears throat> yeah. I, you can just do more on mushrooms. Well, and what do you mean do more? Because you can dose yourself. Yeah, you can you can take a smaller dose of mushrooms and still kind of function. Whereas if you're on acid, you're kind of you're in for the ride. And yeah, yeah, you're committing a and and you don't know. And like each tab, you don't know how strong it is. I've never done acid. It's all like dropper tablets. Yeah, so you don't know. You don't know exactly how strong it is. Yeah, and like mushrooms, you can portion. No matter how high you are, you're basically committing like a day. Yeah. to it you know like yeah you're either a little high all day most yeah. of the time with acid i find like i reach a point where i'm like i'm kind of done with this you know yeah. like i've, I've had my fun the exact and, same like, way, and yeah. you're like i've only done it a couple times oh, yeah, four hours way, left yeah. dude fucking what do i do now well, and i, I watch movies yeah, yeah for sure I well find that i can't i i was never able to fall asleep on acid yeah, when oh, i'm sure. coming down on mushrooms there's i like now that i've done i did them for that amount of time there's a point where i can feel my body and i'm like if i lay down now i can get mm. comfortable enough that like even if i'm not sleeping it's like a half sleep whereas acid like until it was gone and then probably three hours after i was awake yeah like you, you either it's like the come down made your stomach feel weird or your mouth feel metallic or you had a weird mm. ass headache because you got too distracted to drink enough while you were on it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. like mushrooms, like you know you're thirsty, you get the fuck up, you go grab some water. Like yeah. acid kind of like stops you. Yeah, from yeah. or a cucumber. Well, and or a cucumber. <laughs> that's what you guys been fucking up, dude. And you need more cucumber. Like also the, the the I think the main difference I've noticed from like going to like bed at night 
versus the two is mushrooms. You can just, yeah, like lie down if you're high as fuck on mushrooms and be like, yeah, oh, this is kind of cool. I'll just lie down and just have a yeah. good time. But you lie down in like acid and you open your eyes and you see black. You don't see black. You see shapes coming over everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah a yeah. shape coming down at you. And it's like, no, this isn't cool. Yeah, yeah. This is not what I wanted. Because, yeah. I've never had, I'll, I'll be honest, I've done hallucinogenics up to what you would call 2CE, the designer drug. Right. And I've never seen shit that wasn't there. Oh, I have. It was in the dark, the light, <laughs> nothing. I, as soon as, as, soon as I, I turn on lights, cons- it's gone. Yeah. See, I can misconstrue what something might be at a distance when I'm really high on hallucinogens, but like, I'll never be like, whoa, look at that thing in the middle of the room. That the is dragon. There. You know, like I've yeah. never, yeah. never on a hallucinogenic had that. I've I, been so drunk that I've hallucinated. What? Yeah. You, it's, it's not a new level. It's not because <laughs> of the booze. I found out like after the fact, it's because you're so dehydrated and that's oh. what, that's what causes it. Oh yeah. So I went on this, uh, motorcycle trip yeah it would have been in 2013 and i was staying in pismal beach i was on my harley and i was there for way too long i was like got like uh seven nights at like this really cheap motel and uh it was like definitely off season when i went because it would have been the latter half of march when i when i was in pismal beach i ended up just like drinking for like six nights straight and I think it was on like the fourth or fifth night. I lost a day. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have an official journal, but I brought uh, a notepad with me or like a, a notebook with me. And occasionally, I would just write like the date and like maybe a place that I had been or something. Like it was like really just. And I'd usually be way too fucking drunk, and I couldn't even really read my own writing. So <clears throat> at this point, though, in Pismo, I was like making some sort of a note every day. Like mm-hmm. it, it's. There's no golden nugget in those writings. It's not like I had like the secret writing session. Mm-hmm. Like it's all garbage. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not, a, it's not a, a nice novella you wrote. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, I and I'd been going to this place called Harry's, and it was like this weird sort of sports bar. But bikers kind of hung out there on the weekend. I really couldn't pinpoint the kind of crowd that was supposed to be there, but I was there every day for several hours while I was staying in Pismal Beach to the point where. I think there was one day I'm like, oh, so-and-so is going to be starting her shift soon, right? Because I just <laughs> yeah. figured out the waitress's shift. And it was it was after, like, I had, like, a blackout night. And I can't remember exactly what happened because, like I said, I lost lost a day. But I think I left the bar. I went back to my motel room. I passed out. And I woke up at some point in that day thinking it was still the day that I... Oh, fell asleep, yeah. but it was actually the next day. And I continued sleeping until the next day. I got up and I went to the bar and I was like, oh, so-and-so is gonna, sh- should be starting her shift soon. And they're like, no, no, she worked yesterday. I'm like, what? And I, was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, what day is it? And I remember because it was like the playoffs were on and it was like the, the only time in the entire time that I was gone for a month that I saw hockey on the television. And I was like, oh, like, because I remember seeing the other game and now this is like the next game in the series. And so, and then I went back in the journal and then there wasn't notes from that day. So I basically slept for like an entire day in Pismo Beach. Oh my God. But it was, it was at that, that when I was like passed out or whatever, that I was so dehydrated that I remember seeing like, um, I would, I would like equate it to like neon strips of light. Okay. And I remember seeing like a train, but it didn't last very long. But that was like in the throes of like 
immense dehydration. Like I should have been hospitalized. I was yeah, so dehydrated. Speaking of being hospitalized, <laughs> can you tell the story of the nurse in Curious George? Oh, man. <laughs> I love this story. Uh, <laughs> so, I, well, so far, it sounds like it's good. If you started with, uh... <laughs> I was on another different motorcycle trip, and I was in BC, and I'd uh, met up with my dad and one of his buddies... He had flown out to Vancouver, and they were, had borrowed bikes. I think I met him in Kamloops. Okay. And then we were riding so They were going back to Vancouver, and I was coming back the other way. It was like, I think it was like the August long weekend, I want to say. So it's just gorgeous. Yeah. Going mm -hmm. through a Soyuz, the southern part of BC, right? Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, I think it was, you know, the second season on my new Harley. And I'm just cruising along. Something strikes me in the chest. And uh, I didn't think nothing of it. The jacket's open. I start coughing. And I remember like that weekend, I was just getting over something. I was just like really hard booze. And so, you know, when you drink, like you never really get better. Like, yeah, yeah. Like the oldest is just last like four weeks. You know, it's like you take one day off and you'll recover. It's like, no, I just got to keep going. Something hits me in the chest. I remember I start coughing. I'm like, oh, that's just because of the elevation, right? Mm -hmm. I'm cruising along and my tank on my motorcycle was quite small. So I packed a jerry can. I pulled over on the side of the road. And I was like looking at my map. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll probably just like try to get here tonight. I can't remember where I was trying to get to. I think I was trying to get to trail actually, maybe a little bit further and uh, filled up the bike. I just like remember my arms being itchy. I'm still coughing on the side of the road. I keep going and then like the coughing's getting worse. And then like now my belly's itchy. And I, for some reason I'd like looked in one of my mirrors on my motorcycle. My lips are just like ooh, swollen right up. Oh shit. And at this point, it doesn't even dawn on me that I'm having an allergic reaction. Yeah. It doesn't even dawn on me that this is like something serious. So I pulled over in, I think it was, uh, I can't remember the name of it. Pulled over in like the small town. And I remember I, cause I camped in that area with the family. So I kind of remembered where like the gas station was. And I remember uh, that there was like a pharmacy downtown kind of thing. I was like, mm. oh, I'm just going to go to the pharmacy and. There's something there that I can get, right, for this. Like a little Benadryl or something. Yeah, I'm something like itching, and I filled up the bike, filled up the jerry can, and uh, I remember, like, going to the gas station. This woman is just like, whoa, like, are you all right? I'm like, oh, yeah, I just, uh, which street's the pharmacy? And she's like, uh, I rode down. Pharmacy's closed because it's a long weekend. So I keep riding, and I'm like, I'm having, like, a hard time breathing. Oh, yeah. And then it starts to dawn on me. I'm like, oh, I think I should probably go to a doctor. <laughs> but I'm thinking about it in like calm terms like that because like I said, yeah. it, I don't even realize. So Maybe I'll see you when I get back. Yeah, so I get to Castlegar and I'm in uh, a gas station and I walk into pay and this woman's eyes are just like behind the... Because oh, no. I went I'm like, yeah, where's the doctor? And she's like, it is up there. <laughs> and she basically said it with like an authority, like you need to go there immediately. Yeah. And then that's when sort of the panic like when you see somebody else, yeah, panic about get panic. I was like, yeah. oh fuck, oh fuck. So I ride my motorcycle up there, <laughs> and it's not a proper hospital. It's like a care center, you know. Mm. So they close down. So the parking lot's just about empty. There's like a couple vehicles. I park the bike, you know, and I'm like doing the thing. Like you kind of have like a bit of a routine, mm -hmm. right? So I like shut the bike down, lock the handlebars, and I'm like, do I leave the helmet? Do I bring the helmet? I have like a bit of water, right? And I'm like, oh yeah, I think this stuff will just stay there. And then I like kind of go walk it in. 
And like, as soon as I walk in, the nurse is like, when did you get stung? And I'm like, what? Like the triage nurse, right? I'm like, what? Like, what? No, like yeah. you're having an allergic reaction. I'm like, oh yeah. Like I, I kind of thought that this was bad. <laughs> and she's like, where, and I was like pointing, I pulled up my jacket and like all the hives and redness, right? She's like, where are you right? I'm like, oh, and it's like, oh, my stomach too. I pulled up my shirt and her eyes are just like, and she's like calling people, right? And this thing I know, like, they're, like, helping me get out of my jacket, and they're telling me to lay down. doctor's in there, and he's like, so when did you get stung? I'm like, what do you mean when did I get stung? What are you guys talking about? They're like, you're having an allergic reaction. Like, you're probably allergic to bees. Do you carry an EpiPen? I'm like, no, I don't care. Like, what yeah. sort of medication you're on? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I had, like, Jack a... Jack Daniels. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, fuck, right? And so they're freaking out, and then they're, like, putting all the patches on me, and, like, they're hooking me up to a monitor and all this crazy stuff. And so, like, the doctor's basically just, like, watching this monitor, right? And he's like, about how long? And I was like, oh, I actually remember getting, like, something hitting in my chest. And it was shortly after that when I got fuel that I noticed the itchiness. And they're like, what time was that? I'm like, oh, I don't know. It was like. Yeah, I was driving my bike. I wasn't yeah. looking at and my like, watch. And I'm like, I, and I think the doctor at that point understood that I didn't really, still didn't really absorb how serious this was. And he's like, it's important that we know when you got stung so we could develop this timeline. This is like the language he's using. I'm like, timeline for what? He's like, for like anaphylactic shock. I'm like, what? Like an anaphylactic oh, reaction? I'm like, I'd never heard this fucking word before in my life. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what's that? I'm like, well, it's like your, your heart stops. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then, so yeah. he's sitting there and like, and, uh, and like uh, right around that time, like the doctor kind of went away because things looked like they were stabilizing there was still like a nurse kind of like paying attention to me. They were talking about if there was like an ambulance around. I'm like, why, why do I need an ambulance? Like I'm already here. They're like, well, if we got to send you to the hospital, we got to kind of do it now because like we close in like 45 minutes. I'm like, what, what do you mean? Like, and so everything kind of smooths out for a bit and like, yeah. And so someone comes and talks to me like, yeah, we got an ambulance. We're just trying to figure out if we're going to like release you. And at this point they haven't given me, I think they've given me like Benadryl, like in mm. pills. Right. That was about it. I'm like, oh, okay. Doctor comes in. He's like, so you rode a motorcycle? I'm like, yeah, man. He's like, uh, where's your bike at? I'm like, oh, it's just in the parking lot. He's like, which side? I'm like, explain. He's like, oh, okay. He's like, I'm going to show you where we can put it so it's like out of view so no one will fuck with it. And then he's like talking about like this bike that he rides. And so that's, he was sort of sympathizing, right? He's like, I don't want anybody mm -hmm. messing with your bike. He's like, uh, I can't move it though because of like rules and stuff. He's like, you got to move it. He's like, because of those same rules, I need to escort you. So I'm like, what? Oh so I like literally walked out. I was in like this hospital gown, but I had my pants and my boots still on, right? And uh, I had like all the wires like slung over me. And I think I had an IV. I had like a, an IV in or something like that. And so like we're like going across the fucking parking lot. Going Sorry, to the so bike. I'm, I'm just going to paint a picture here because it's what I have in my head. All I'm seeing is just... Leather chaps, boots, and the hospital gown. Basically, nope. It, nope. Continue okay. on your story. <laughs> it's been decided. That's the mental so, picture everyone will have. So I'm in my leather chaps and my hospital gown and my boots. Thank you. <laughs> we wheel the bike around. The doctors like ask me like every other sentence how I'm doing, how's my breathing. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm good. Like I think I'm just gonna grab a motel room here. I was like, is there a good place to get a steak sandwich? Like totally not even just chilling like nothing happened. Yeah, and so we like roll my bike around. He's like, no, I think you're doing good. We'll once you get hooked back up, we'll discuss like when when you can get out of here. I'm like, okay, cool. So go back in. I'm laying back down, and 
you know, at this point I'm kind of like, oh, fuck, you know, I'm getting hungry, right? Kind of thinking about needing a drink. And uh, they're <laughs> hooking up all my shit, right? And they're, like, ready to cut this ambulance loose. Like, it's time to, like, shut up shop. And, yeah, we'll get this guy out of here kind of thing. And so I'm just, like, sitting there. And I'm not even, like, paying attention to the ambient noise around me. All of a sudden, like, something starts beeping. And, like, the curtains just fly open. Oh, and these shit. nurses are look, looking. And then all of a sudden the doctor's there. And I don't even know what they're saying. And then, like, <laughs> there's not a lot of room between, like, the edge of the hospital bed and, like, the curtain. And, like, these two nurses are standing there. And we're, like, basically, like, just about chest to chest. And she's like, you need to pull your pants down because I got to give you an injection of epinephrine. I'm like, what? So, I'm like, I'm like, okay, but, like, I'm not wearing any underpants. <laughs> Was this in the days of socks or underwear? Uh, no, I was definitely wearing socks, but no underpants. Yeah, I, you had a thing for a while where you were like wearing <laughs> underwear or socks. Yeah, yeah. So this this timeline where you had socks so no underwear. Yeah, that's cool. you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, that's all right. So I'm standing there, I'd like drop my pants. So like, I'm just like shirt cocking it now, right? <laughs> and like the nurse just like goes to like put the injection of epinephrine in and she pauses because I got this tattoo on my left leg just kind of like off to the side of the thigh on the inside of my thigh. It's a tattoo of Curious George and he's like holding like a banana. <laughs> <laughs> and she just like pauses and she's, you can tell that she's just like absorbing the content of my tattoo and then like right beside Curious George, she like hammers in this epinephrine and she's like, you're going to feel it right away. And it's like, I fucking felt it right away. <laughs> so, and then at this point, it's like, okay, He's, he's getting shipped to the other hospital, right? And so that's when, like, the EMTs kind of come in, and they're going to, like, transfer me to the wheelie gurney and put me in the ambulance. I'm like, I can walk. They're like, actually, no, you're not allowed to because you might pass out. I'm like, I'm not going to pass out. I'm like, literally, my blood pressure <laughs> was, like, damn near, like, 200 over something, right? Like, it was just like, and once they were hooking on the EMT ambulance machine and they were checking my blood pressure, they were like, oh, yep, that's the adrenaline, right? That's the epinephrine. <laughs> you went from dying to... The most adrenaline you've had oh, in man, like five was, seconds. <laughs> so they're like, no, you. we need to put you, like, it's just what we have to do is proceed right. I'm like, okay. And so uh, still not even really understanding that this is that serious. I'm like, okay, I'll guess I'll go to trail. And then I'm like, my motorcycle will be here, I guess. And like Castlegar and trail, I think it's like half hour, 45 minutes, not very, yeah. mm-hmm. not very far. So they drive me to the trail hospital, get checked into the ER, at some point, and I had like the hottest fucking doctor. She was like, it was stunning how beautiful nice. this doctor was, right? Nice. So I listened to her <laughs> yeah. intently. Oh, man. <laughs> so I'm like hooked up onto this mask, and I don't know if there was oxygen, but there was like blending it with a medication because like I was still having trouble breathing. Yeah. They were thinking about releasing me at like in the middle of the night. And like when they woke me up to do the rounds and I just like could not talk because I was coughing so much. There was like more medication and steroids and only the one shot of the adrenaline. So in the morning, it's like six o'clock or something and it's like the shift is changing over and the hot doctor's gone and uh, the other doctor comes in. (laughs) I have time uh, for you to check out. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) this guy like straight up says, he's like, oh, so you just about died last night. I was like... What? what? <laughs> and that's when you're kind of like, I'm like, oh, yeah, like you're in the fucking ER, you dumb idiot, right? Like, <laughs> like there's a reason why you're here. So he's like, uh, 
Clearly, like, I, I ride a motorcycle because of the chaps and the boots. But it was, like, mostly he yeah. saw, like, the boots and, like, I had my motorcycle jacket on the chair. He's like, so where's your motorcycle? I'm like, it's in Castlegar because I took an ambulance here. He's like, how are you going to get your bike? I'm like, well, I'll just, like, catch a cab. They're like, man, it's the long weekend. There's, like, one cab company mm-hmm. in trail, and it's probably not running. But he's like, I'll go talk to the nurses. Because they like can't really release me, I guess. Because yeah, you have no way to get anywhere. They just yep. put you in the street. Basically. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Watch out for walk, bees. Walk <laughs> back to Castle Guard. Yeah. So doctor comes back. He's like, yeah, so the cabs aren't running today. I'm like, oh, that's all right. Like, I'll just, maybe I'll just like get a Greyhound bus ticket and I'll just like phone work. Because it was like the Monday of a, the long mm-hmm. weekend. I had to be back to work on Tuesday. Like, I'll just, I'll just like get a bus ticket and I'll just like phone work. The doctor's like, mm, hold on a second. He leaves again. Comes back like five minutes later. He's like, yeah, I just talked to the nurse's station. There's like no buses coming through for like a week. We just fall. <laughs> oh, I'm like, goodness. oh, fuck. He's like, so what are you going to do? I'm like, well, I was like thinking, I'm like, probably what I'll end up having to do is like, I'll just like have to get a motel room for a day or two and get somebody to pick me up, to mm-hmm. take me to Castle Guard to get my bike so I could get back to Alberta. He's like, how do you feel about hitchhiking? I'm like, uh, I guess so. He's like, you know, it's BC. It's like kind of the summer. Like there's a lot of hitchhikers around. I'm like, there's never been a highway of tears in BC. <laughs> so I'm like, no, I guess so. He's Jesus like, Jesus Christ. I tell you what. So whatever doctor that I was talking to that replaced the other one, I guess he was just getting off. He's like, I've got 15 minutes left. Nurses are going to bring you some breakfast. He's like, we'll just get your stuff after you've done breakfast. I'll clock out and I'll just like drop you off on the side of the highway where I normally see hitchhikers. I'm like, okay. And like, I like how it's like, we can't release you because your motorcycle's not here, but I can take you part of the way and leave you on the highway. Yeah, I can take you to a hot spot of getting kidnapped. So yeah. like, <laughs> eating this yogurt, like in my leather clothes, like, cause I'm fine now. Right. Yeah, like yeah. I'm just like sitting in my ER bed, like, Eating yogurt. Yeah, they've stabilized you all <laughs> yeah, entirely. Like the hospital ban's been cut. Like yeah. I'm mm-hmm. I'm free to go. So the doctor's like comes, he's got a jacket. He's like, You ready to go? I'm like, uh yeah, I guess so. So I follow this doctor out. And uh I didn't really know like my surroundings. I'm like, look around. I'm like, oh cool. It looks like there's like a ski hill around here or something. He's like, Oh yeah, man. He's like talking about why he moved out here. And we get like this doctor's got like this brand new like platinum F one fifty, right? I'm like, of course, he's got doctor money, right? Yeah. So he just like drives up and he's like, Yeah, this is this this is a little on my out of my way, but I don't mind. I'm like, okay. He's like, all right, cool, man. He's like, good luck. I'm like, good luck. And just fucking, I get out and I'm on the side of the fucking highway. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I guess this is it. So I just like throw up my, th- I'm like, I don't know how to hitchhike except for what I've seen in movies, right? Yeah. So I just like throw up my thumb and I'm like, start walking backwards. And it was like two cars later, a guy pulled over. He's like, and this guy, he's like, juggling a Tim Hortons sandwich, breakfast sandwich, and like a Tim Hortons coffee. He's like, hey, man, you look like you're running late. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, like, hey, can I get a lift to Castlegar? He's like, yeah, man, I got to go there for work. And so I get into like this shitty car with like this, I don't know, like 40-year-old laborer dude that looks like he's 60. And he just like (laughs) drives me straight to my bike. And I was like, and then I rode home. That's insane. That's awesome. That's insane. I love how it took you like 24 hours of like near death for you to be like, oh, wait, I almost died. Yeah, oh, shit, this is serious. Somebody literally had to put it in the most blatant terms possible. Yeah. Like everybody else's panic, the hospital ride, and all that shit couldn't do it. The doctor had to be like, 
you almost died. Yeah, you like, almost didn't wake up. Ride to a real hospital, and nothing clicks in. Like, yeah. This might be pretty serious. He's like, I think I'd probably get on the bike and go for a drink. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, for real. So, yeah, that was like, so this is like, I this is no bullshit. Almost a year to the day later, I've already seen my family doctor. I've got like a prescription EpiPen, right? He's just like, you get stung by a bee, you have a reaction, right? Throw it in your thigh. I'm like, okay. Almost a year to the day later, I'm just out by Pincher Creek, riding my bike. Something hits me in the neck. Mm. And I'm like, oh. So I pull over, and the fucking bee stinger is in the side of my fucking neck. Oh. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck. And so I didn't know that you could use like a debit card or a credit card to scrape it out. Yeah. But I just like got it out. So I'm standing there. I'm like, maybe a 10 minute ride outside of Pincher Creek. And that's where I was going to stop for the night. And so I'm like, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck. And so I just remember like, if you get stung by a bee, like fucking hit the EpiPen, right? So I'm like, do I wait or do I like take it now? I'm like, do I ride my bike and just go to the hospital? I'm like frantically weighing all these options in my head on the side of the road. I'm like, fuck it. I just got to like, I just like busted open my bag, took out the EpiPen, boom. And at the time, I was actually wearing leather pants, straight through the leather pants. <laughs> and man, it like it just like hits you, and you start vibrating. Yeah. And like the rule is, you take epinephrine straight to the fucking hospital. Like you don't don't fuck yeah. around. Yeah. So I'm fucking blasting on my fucking Harley <laughs> to Pincher Creek, like Jesus. passing fucking tanker trucks on yeah. double lines. Like I am going as fast as I can. I don't get like if I get pulled over. It's like, well, it's I'm the cop's responsibility now, right? Yeah, like that so was you gotta let me go to the hospital now. Yeah. So I'm just like blasting into Pincher Creek and I totally missed the turn to go into the hospital. So I'm like downtown <laughs> Pincher Creek. And I did one lap down, one lap back up, and I'm like, where the fuck is the hospital? Like I'm yelling this, right? Yeah. And there was like this poor kid that was riding his had a skateboard and then he was walking down the street. And I like just basically pulled right up to the curb, right? This fucking dude in like full leather gear on a fucking blacked out Harley, like rolls up. And I'm like, where the fuck is the hospital? And he's like, and he just basically points back up the hill. I'm like, and I didn't say anything. I just like peeled back up. I'm like, oh, obviously that big fucking building with the H on it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I fucking roll into the hospital and I'm so full of adrenaline and I'm naturally a loud person. I'm basically screaming at triage and they are not buying into any of my energy, which is not the experience I had the last time I had a reaction, right? Yeah. They were like on me. I'm like, I just got stung by a bee and I'm allergic and I'm fucking got did epinephrine and da, 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 da. And they're like, yeah, where's your healthcare card? I'm like, like fucking vibrating. <laughs> so doctor, emergency room doctor, and then just like an on-duty EMT guy, they're like examining me, hooked up to all the same machines, right? And I'm telling them about the reaction that I had a year ago. They're like, okay, this sounds serious. We're going to give you some steroids. It's a good thing you took your EpiPen. And we're going to monitor you. I'm like, yeah, I know, like, I know the drill, right? Yeah. Mm. So take all these steroids and you know these guys they're like they're just like waiting right they're just like waiting for the alarm yeah and i'm just vibrating right like and i don't remember vibrating the last time when i the first time i had epinephrine right like mm -hmm. i was like pumped up because yeah. of the, the epinephrine yeah, yeah, yeah. but i'm just like full of it and i'm just like i can't even stay still i'm just like wriggling around in this <laughs> bed and they're like that's that's the epinephrine doing its thing right and finally, the doctor says, like, I don't think you're having a reaction, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, because the epinephrine would, like, suppress it, and then it would go away. Like, you wouldn't be yeah. standing there vibrating. I'm like, okay. So I get, like, stabilized, and they're like, 
okay, we just need to monitor you, monitor you for a while. I'm like, okay. And it really wasn't that late in the day. Like at this point, I might've got into the hospital at like three or four in the afternoon. So by now it's like five, six kind of thing. And I'm just in like a regular hospital room. Nurse comes and checks on me. Uh, they weren't even taking my blood pressure anymore at one point. Oh, yeah. They're just like, yeah, like, you know, and I'm just like laying there. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so finally the doctor comes in, the one that was looking at me in the emergency room. He's like, yeah, I don't think you had a reaction. I'm like, that's weird because I'm pretty sure I got stung by something. He's like, yeah, well, so we don't know. Um, and you're like, okay to leave. So I'm like, oh, okay. And then he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, where are you going to go? I'm like, oh, like I'm on my way to Montana for the weekend. I'm just going to get a motel room. He's like, oh, okay, well. Yeah, so about the steroids that I gave you, I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, what about him? He's like, he's like explaining to me. He's like, because you're not, you're not having a reaction, like there's nothing for the steroids to do. And he's like, the epinephrine's long gone. He's like, mm. that's out of your system. But like the steroids, like they're going to be around for a better part of tomorrow. I'm like, okay. I'm like, so what does that mean? He's like, you're going to feel good. I'm like, <laughs> go for a run or something. I'm like, what? Like, what do you mean? He's like, you know, he's like, you're going to feel good. And then he like did like the gorilla arm flex. He's like, you're, you know, like, Ugh. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I was like, I was pretty tired. And I checked into this motel and I was like, I kind of need to drink. I got like, probably shouldn't have, but I got like drunk that night. It wasn't like <laughs> no, 10 no. out of 10, but like, I was definitely like floating around the five, six out of okay. 10 drunk, right? Yeah. Go to bed, wake up in the morning, and fucking feel great. <laughs> fucking awesome. And I remember I was in the shitty motel room, and they had like this just glass, uh, like mirror. It wasn't even really in the bathroom. It was just, a weird, I don't even know why the mirror was where it was. <laughs> I just remember just like being like, oh, like just like, just feeling so good. I was just like, yeah. But like within, 20 minutes. I was like so excited to go on my bike, right? Within like 20 minutes, it was just like back to normal. But. It just wore off. It was yeah. just when you first Just a great up. morning. Yeah. But, <laughs> so it turns out, and then I'll like take a take a break here from speaking, but turns out I'm not actually allergic to bees. I finally did like, uh, and it, this took like a long time. So this was like back in 2014, 2013, 2014, when I was in the hospital for this stuff. Okay. So it wasn't until like four weeks ago that I actually had proper allergy testing. And so I'm not actually allergic to honeybees. I'm allergic to like wasp venom and like yellow jackets and something. Oh, yeah. Oh, so there was a difference in what hit you each time. So, my so al- the motherfuckers that want to sting you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, the problem, right? So like my allergist is like, yeah, so you were probably bitten by a wasp yeah. in BC. And when you were stung by a bee, like I knew it was a bee because of the, the stinger. stinger right? yeah. He's like, you probably didn't need to take the epinephrine. I'm like, oh. Okay. Well, it was a fun ride. Yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah like, okay, thanks. So. Huh. Well, you got some sweet adrenaline and steroids out of it. So. Yeah, free, yeah, free steroids. <laughs> if anyone wants free steroids, steal some of the EpiPen. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> or just yeah, go shake the at the hospital. Five, out of, five or six out of ten drunk hangover wake up ever. Just like didn't even feel anything yeah, in the morning. You didn't even. Maybe that's the secret to... Hangovers, you steroids, just life hacks just do on steroids. the back of our bullshit podcast. <laughs> yeah. I don't suggest it. So if, you, if you're heavily drinking one night, go and buy some anabolic steroids. <laughs> yeah. That'd be I hard mean, on your liver. We do have a trend of giving bad advice on this fucking podcast. So. Yeah, you can't tell me I give bad advice. You, you guys told me not to climb a tree, get away from a bear, and I watched a guy climb a tree to get away from a bear. In his defense, everyone else has given bad advice. Oh, yeah. Including me. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying I give good advice. Mitch is giving. (laughs) Provenly, I don't want to say good advice. 
I but give great advice. Climb the fucking tree if a bear is chasing you. I wouldn't. I also wouldn't say great kind of advice. <laughs> it's a great question. Yeah. Mitch, it's kind of a tree. Well, like, it depends on the tree. The fucking. It's a. It, we're talking about a bear. The, the chances are it's a pine tree. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Like to be to say like <laughs> that would be the most accurate tree you'd have to climb. Yeah. If you're talking about fucking bears. That's, yeah. Okay. Can you imagine trying to climb a palm tree to escape a bear? <laughs> <laughs> You get up to the top and you're like trying to like throw a coconut at the sun. That's why palm trees are like that because you only have to fight koala bears there. And you're fine if you climb the tree after a koala bear. Well, no, yeah. if I'm climbing a palm tree in California to escape a bear, that's, that's easy escape. I, I imagine like running up a palm tree and like a grizzly bear is chasing you. I'm thinking if I run up <laughs> a tree in a palm tree in palm Florida. Tree. I, is there grizzly bears anywhere that there's palm trees? I don't think so. But you'd have to bring one to find if, out. <laughs> if, like if there was bears in Florida, a palm tree would. I mean, there's everything in Florida. Yeah, I was gonna say a palm tree yeah, wouldn't fucking save you. The bears in Florida are there because they've escaped captivity, not because. They yeah, live yeah, there. dude. If you're running from anything in Florida, it's the people. <laughs> yeah. Floridians and are just any after animal you. that's chasing you. If it's not an alligator, is probably somebody's. For sure, it's not just wild. Dude, just all of somebody at some point. Rampant Burmese <laughs> pythons. That's terrifying. Mitch, do you have a survival question for us this time? Mm. Well, I never have one prepared, but I'll get one. I'll, I'll think of one here right now. <laughs> so, Jonah, if you and Dylan were... Oh, there's two people in this one. I have to really get elaborate. This math. I can't handle Let's this math. Let's say you and Dylan are driving down in Montana on your bikes. Okay. You guys... Plausible. Yeah. I don't have a motorcycle anymore, but for the but purpose of this Twitter thought experiment, this yeah. survival. Someone lent you one. And yeah. uh, let's say, let's say your bike gets a flat, and you don't have the means of fixing it, so that's why you guys are pulled over on the side of the road. Front tire, or rear tire. Front tire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. So you ain't gonna want to just drive. Yeah. Okay. So Dylan, for some reason, he's decided that you know, fuck you, fix your bike. I'm just gonna be chilling over here in the <laughs> desert. Snake the bike. deserts of Montana. Like he's not far away from you, but he's like, I'll just be over here, fucking figure out what's going on with your bike. Like we okay. don't have the means of fixing it, so you guys are kind of like, well, what the hell are we gonna do just on your own? And while Dylan's over there, he gets bit by a rattlesnake. Oh, I had a feeling this is where now this is gonna you go. go to start Dylan's bike, and it won't start. Oh no! What are you guys gonna do? Swap the front tires. Just kidding. What if they're not, not compatible? But you're also, like, yeah, and you're also worrying about damn how much axle t- size. Do you have time to change the whole <laughs> ass tire and Dylan's laying there bit by a rattlesnake? Uh, what, what part of Montana, Montana are we in? I'm saying it's pretty remote. Like, you're, oh, if okay. you get them on, Southeast. if you get the bike going or get them in a vehicle, you can probably get them there. I'm not saying it's impossible. Like, you're not going to make it no matter what. But if you could get him, if you could get you guys mobile, you could get him there and he'd probably survive. But. I think- I think we'd have to light one of the bikes on fire. <laughs> I am not the worst suggestions in survival. What? Yeah, so like my bike. So I'm assuming like this is like a life or death thing, right? Like well, we saying, need to get him to the hospital. Yeah, like if you stay out there, he's going to die. Oh, I totally think I know where you're going with this. Yeah, because you light the bike on fire and then it creates, hopefully somebody sees the fire and the smoke. And goes yeah. like, oh, fuck, we got to figure out what the fuck's going on. That's actually not as terrible of an idea as I thought it would be. I'm on a motorcycle. <clears throat> it's a borrowed one in this story. I don't have a you bike. You have to your own bike on fire. Is that before or after you suck out the venom? I'm not sucking out the venom. <laughs> no, it's so fucking so, 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 so,
That's and I guess I'm fucked. fucked. Yeah. <laughs> you were dying. I guess I died. Now you spent how <laughs> the much vast time? deserts of Montana. And like, what would you do like, <laughs> yeah, what would you do while the bike was burning? The fucking Missoula Rattler got you. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do while the bike was burning? Would you try to help him? Roast like, I'm assuming like in my like, head, like the sun's in, going down at this point. Like in and my head, like all, trying to find like, something. To you've cook looked on over it. and Dylan has been Maybe. bit by this snake. You haven't shooed the snake away. Dylan's now injured, and you're just lighting a bike on fire. On oh the side yeah, of the so road. I haven't even chased See, the snake away yet. <laughs> See, that's See, why I'm like Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> I think we kind attacked. of assumed though that I didn't just like faint at a snake bite, so I like at least stepped away. I feel like I would have the smarts to well, be yeah, like, I'm, oh, that's not just saying, I would find... He just said that he wouldn't worry about you at all and immediately would do arson to the borrowed bike. That he had, <laughs> well, he, he so... did say he's not going to suck up the venom. So yeah. that was after he said he would commit arson. But yeah, to yeah. so you might as well just fair, leave him there. I'm with you on that, though. Like, I don't like there's a lot of times they're like you gotta suck out the venom which i don't know if that works i don't think so don't it doesn't think that's, it's been proven I think that's not like to piss on jellyfish stinks yeah. kind of things uh, yeah i don't think it fucking no. works no somebody asked bear grills um <laughs> I'd, I'd chop your leg off oh and yeah i think i would get like a no. bow off a no. palm tree well, and that's how it's, i would rather die dude. Uh, it's my choice. there's a thing <laughs> called a tourniquet Oh yeah! <laughs> Way like, better ob- idea. Obviously, I would make a tourniquet and then cut and then his cut leg off. <laughs> we don't want to make a mess. Yeah. What are we heathens? I'd be like, all right, the bike is broken. You're bit by a rattlesnake. The leg has to go, obviously, because so, I would rather you bleed to death than be. Here, let me try to tourniquet on you. Oh, thanks for stopping the venom. <laughs> no, I'm cutting your leg off. Yeah. And I could start the other bike and cauterize it with the exhaust. With the exhaust after I cut his leg. That's true. I thought the bike didn't run. No, it's just got one of them does. No, 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 the other one. My bike didn't start. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. It, started, it didn't start. So I guess. I guess. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute, the bike wait, works. Why are we amputating? Well, we, <laughs> what the fuck we, is we, happening? We could amputate. If I was with you guys, you could commit the arson while I amputate the leg, and then we could cauterize. There's it. no amputating my fucking leg, dude. I'd rather die. Yeah, we'll get you a new one. We'll get, do a fucking robot leg. Yeah. Call up Elon. Give me a fucking space be, leg. Yeah, you could become even <laughs> This I would say, I'm going to fucking say this and I mean it. This is definitely the best time ever to fucking legs. lose a leg. Or like it, to, to become amputated. There's no better time in history to be amputated than right now. That's true. What? Which I, Maybe 10 years from now. I don't think now. I ever want to be amputated. No, want, I'm not saying I want to like be amputated, happen, but I would not want to be amputated in 1805, dude. Oh, yeah, okay. I see what you're <laughs> yeah. saying. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a rolling right now, it's not like <laughs> in the, the fucking 10 years, now is still better. That's a rolling statement. <laughs> I understand. Okay, yeah, okay yeah, good. This is the time to lose a limb or in the future. I feel like we get some cool fucking legs, dude. But then we'd almost have to take the other one off so I don't have like one superior leg. So you're really going Oscar Pistorius on yeah, it. You're telling me if Good I word, ever have dude. to cut off one of your legs, just do Take both. them both. Okay. Take them both. Or at, let's leave it. Let a professional do that. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you, dude. Your first choice was to let me take both. So. Yeah, well, sometimes I got to think about my thoughts. <laughs> I bring an axe Dylan's with me. Dylan's going to, like, roll his ankle, and there's going to be me with a fucking butcher knife. <laughs> All right, my here, toe. Get the leg. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but you'll do the other leg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I really broke my left ankle. Here, let me cut your right knee. Yeah, you yeah. said you didn't want a superior leg. That's true. Yeah, give, <laughs> now he's got no leg and a dead one. He's balanced. Yeah, now we're good. Okay. Holy fuck, man. Yeah, I'd be cool with space legs, but I like I bring an axe on motorcycle trips, but like it, it's not an axe. I want my leg cut off with, so we can take one. The other one is we're getting okay, left to a what professional. What would you do if he was bit by a snake in the same situation? I've had a good run. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're. Uh, I never would have thought about lighting the bike on fire. See, here's the thing though. Jonah's a mechanic, so I feel like we could fix the bike. Maybe he might be worrying about dying of poison. Well, you just well, gotta ignore it. History for a would tell us it takes him a while to get to that yeah. concern. <laughs> That's true. So he's like, no, that's he's probably got, a he's got a good snake, 24 dude. hours before he's he like, really thinks it's serious. Yeah. Where's the pub? I'm like, oh, yeah. It's gotta be a direct, desert pub yeah, around here. Fix the bike himself. No, I'd be, I'd be just... on my deathbed and I'd find the bar in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> let's catch that snake and <laughs> let's catch that snake and make some fucking snake venom whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for the record, I don't drink anymore, but we're going to do. Oh, fuck, dude. I mean, number one thing I would do is actually catch the snake. Because if you get bit by a snake, they need yeah. to know what kind of snake oh, it is. Oh, I forgot about that. Mm. Yeah, to know what actual yeah, anti-venom to give you. Yeah. You would have failed me, Jonah. Yeah. He and was busy committing arson. It's it would have been a disaster. When the police would have finally showed up, you would have been dead. Snake probably would have bitten me at this point. <laughs> There's a fucking bike on fire. Like it's two dead men in a burning motorcycle. What yeah. the fuck happened here? Piece that story together. Fuck. They wouldn't. They just leave it all. And when this dude's I'm missing like... a leg. <laughs> <laughs> what happened first? Yeah. You know. Would you guys rather fight a hundred pound monkey or a hundred pound cat? Monkey. Oh, oh dude. Yeah. Oh, oh, hold oh. on. Not a cat, because I know hundred pound monkeys small. The most dangerous thing on earth. Yeah, pound dog or because they are, monkey. dude. Get the fuck out of no, here. No, that's why I hundred pound monkey or hundred pound tree frog. No dog, hundred pound dog. <laughs> I would not monkey. fight a hundred. I would frog. not fuck with a hundred pound yeah. tree. I frog. don't know what the scary. fuck that, that thing could do, spit but I would not a kilometer. So, Ew, yeah, hundred pound monkey or hundred pound dog. <laughs> oh, monkey dog. What? I would try to become friends with the monkey. You have to fight. No, you have to fight it. Show him your curious George. You just sit there with this bunch of bananas. Whips trying his pants. Yeah. But what would you rather have to fight? Oh, 100 pound dog, dude. Yeah, easy. Okay, two questions. Mm -hmm. Is the monkey a chimpanzee? Are chimpanzees monkeys? No. No, they're chimps. They're chimps. Well, so is it a orangutan? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so it's like a. So we're taking the arm strength are, out of like the bigger, are monkeys either, bigger types of those animals. Okay, so it's not a fucking monkey. chimpanzee. Is it a gorilla? No, it's not. A gorilla is a gorilla, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's a ape. It's an are they ape apes? Ape. I don't know. What the it's fuck is a monkey then? I think like monkeys are small. Monkeys so, are small. So this is like, it would be like an abnormally large, large monkey. monkey. Or a 100 pound, uh, like a dog dog? What kind yeah. of dog? <laughs> He's got a mean looking haircut. I think haircut. dog's only a He's got one. a mean looking haircut. Ooh. Well, like, the dog or the monkey? We'll, we'll, say, we'll, say, we'll say it's an angry Rottweiler that's 100 pounds. Oh, fuck. Well, monkey, so that then. we're at least like saying that, because like a 100 pound monkey is already bigger than what a monkey would be most of the time. What's the location? Their home turf. Where so is a Rottweiler's fucking living room of a white girl? into a dog's house that it's going to defend or a monkey's like cage at a zoo. I just remember like a oh, monkey sitting dog. home, like reading the paper. His, like wife's like <laughs> really? making dinner. <laughs> I think I think if you walk into a dog, a hundred pound Rottweiler's house that it's defending, it's like or you like, walk into a hundred pound monkey cage. Monkey doesn't give a shit that you're in its cage. That Rottweiler yes, cares but then again, it, but you said I have to fight it. Yeah, but, but the, so the, the monkey's, monkey's gonna give a fuck when I punch him in the face if I can catch him. But like, but, but a, a cage is not a too? monkey's home turf. Yeah, yeah. You have to fight that's also we true. I like how we're like the zoo. Like, no, that's not his home but turf. But if you're gonna fight City him, people. he has to be somewhere in a cage, does he not? Yeah, uh, Thunderdome. No, you can go to the house. <laughs> isn't a dog's home turf either. 
Well, where are you going to find a wild dog, though? Where where are you going to find a wild Rottweiler? Wherever someone let one go in Mexico. There you you go. Find them in the wild. (laughs) In Mexico, specifically Mexico. Yeah, you have to fight a Mexican Rottweiler. It's a hundred pounds. A Mexican Rottweiler. So he does have a mean haircut. (laughs) (laughs) He's got the mohawk all the way through the tail. Fuck you up, I say. Got his gang colors on. Okay, hold on. When we were talking about in the house, 100% the Rottweiler. The house versus the zoo cage, 100% the Rottweiler. Okay, well, now we're going in the wherever. So it's in the jungle. In the jungle, or it's only one monkey. He doesn't get all his friends. Okay, fair enough. But he's still 100 goddamn pounds. Fighting a Rottweiler that's got 200 pounds living on the street. On the streets, dude. Well, the monkey's wild now, so the dog has to be. Dude, I'm still going the Rottweiler. There's no fucking way. What? Dude, have you seen monkey teeth, bro? He's in Mexico. Do you know who he has to fight to get his food? The cartel. Yeah, but that Rottweiler ain't got any thumbs. Bitch-ass Rottweiler can't even pick shit up. I never even thought of that. Because he could grab on you. Thumbs, dude. This is how we took over the world right here. grabs me because I'm going to bite his fucking face off. Are you a fucking monkey, dude? Dude, what do you think his thoughts are? I have to be more crazy than the monkey. He's like, look at this bitch-ass evolved monkey that can't even climb a fucking tree. That's what he's thinking. I would punch that monkey so fucking hard, man. Dude, I'm it's a hundred-pound monkey, bro. I'm twice his weight. He can't beat me up. <laughs> you see, I'm not even thinking of punching it out because I don't think I could punch out either of them. Because both of their skulls are very fucking tough. Oh, yeah. For I'm, sure. I'm I think thinking, if you rock a monkey in the chin, he's close enough to a human that you should have no, his fuck brain. No, fuck no. No. Dude, have you seen I'm monkeys thinking, fall out of ape, trees? Ape jaw, sure. Yeah, exactly. I can rock an ape jaw. I can rock a monkey jaw. Have you seen their skulls? Right, but here's yes, the thing. Yes, but they're tough. That's I'm real. thinking the easiest one to choke out. Uh, 100%. And Thank you've you. also got to think about We've weaponry. We've all been proven wrong you've when we agree <laughs> on things before, though. I think a 100-pound Rottweiler could run with you on its back. Yeah, but... Yeah, you run until I choke his ass out. I don't like, know. Yeah. Here's, <laughs> you run all he fucking wants, dude, as long as I don't lose that neck. But here's the thing. You got to think about weaponry. A Rottweiler's got his mouth, and that's it. I will put the fucking arm out, and when he Rocky gets it, I'm going to take his fucking eyeballs out because he's got nothing else that's, left. Uh, yeah. All he's getting is the forearm, dude. A, a monkey can grab you with his fucking feet. For sure, dude. Monkey's oh, got yeah. scary-ass yeah. teeth, and they have... Four other yeah. fucking limbs they can use. Poke your fucking eyes, yeah, I'll, tear I'll your dick off. Hundred yeah. percent the right. Rottweiler. Well, I'm gonna talk to the World Wildlife Federation. And I'm gonna see if we can get a hundred pound monkey. <laughs> yeah, bro. Okay, if you make this deal, dude, you have to fight that this fucking is, monkey. No I want, yeah, yeah, I want you to fight the Rottweiler, and I'll fight the monkey. Hundred percent, hundred pound Rottweiler. Funeral. Not that big. Because like a lot of Rottweilers get to like one fifty. That's what I'm saying. But a Rot- I've seen hundred pound Rottweilers fuck some people up pretty. Easily. Well, for sure. But like we're going in with a plan. Yeah, dude, I'm prepared. <laughs> dude, I might. I'll, I'll probably lose an arm, or at least lose the use of my hand. He's gonna get that fucking arm, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna fuck him up, dude. Fucking take his eyes out so he's blind. Dude, yeah. a monkey and like a Rottweiler, he has to stay on the ground, dude. Maybe I can get some monkey fucking to elevation. Fight me has to come to me. Yeah, but he could fucking drop on you, man. Yeah. Fucking Once hop he's down. at me, he wants to be on me, and I weigh more than him. I can literally. Dude, a monkey beat can take your. A monkey can take him. your back. Monkeys are way really more fucking, fucking quick than a yeah. goddamn Rottweiler. Dude. Yeah. Monkey can fucking pop in and 
toss a couple shots too, and back yeah. up the tree. The Rottweiler is just on the ground, dude. He's got to come right at you with his face, which mm-hmm. is also one of the most vulnerable places. But I think he's got a nose right there. In exactly. the same sense that you're saying you would get the upper hand on the Rottweiler, I could say I would have the upper hand on the fucking monkey. He drops down, wow. I get my hands on him, and I literally have twice the dude, arm strength. That what that if he stays has. up in the trees and throws stuff at you? But that's not what we're talking about. He, he has could to come though. Fight me. We're not talking about weapons. Yeah, but that's a possibility. Where are we? Throw coconuts at you, dude. Have you? Are you fucking knife? Don't are you? No, no, no. Are you setting out rules at Mario? Are you, but rules. if we're seeing it, it could just be laying around. This dog could be I, in the streets of Mexico and pick up a butcher. It knife sure could with its mouth. Yeah, you could, you could mouth, fucking do a knife with a dog. It could jump over fences and run back and bite you every once in a while. If we're going to make up, I'm saying you stand there and make up shit. Monkeys literally throw stuff from the trees, dude. It happens all the time. But yeah, then I just move away from the fucking trees. Also, here's another thing you're not taking into consideration. This is why I asked the location. You're in the fucking jungle, bro. Where there's tree frogs. Mm. Bro, I'm going to be wearing a suit I'd have trouble with the humidity. Okay, you got, a, you got a suit of armor? If I get a suit of armor, that rock I'm, I'm taking I'm the I'm wearing the suit of armor until I get to the battle site so the frogs don't No, if, you're if fighting that's the case, in no, if the that's the case, I am taking the training dog suit that they wear where you the bites don't hurt. I said I'm Easy. Off I'll I get fucking to the boot monkey. that dog then. I'm wearing the suit of armor for frogs until I get to the monkey. You still... <laughs> I'm not taking it off. So you're coming face to face with the monkey and you're taking the armor off. Frog yes. armor like looks like a frog. <laughs> <laughs> no, I look like a knight walking through so the frogs know you can come and touch me. Can't I'm get just me. picturing like some like Keanu Reeves movie where you're fighting all these frogs and you're getting to the monkey just you and the, me, man. No, yeah. I, I just, it, it's just Drops to protect me from the frogs. <laughs> yeah, it's a fist fight. Yeah, but you're still fighting the monkey. Dude, a fight with a monkey is only going to go quick if he bites your face off right away. But you got to fight him in the jungle where there's other shit you got to worry about. And there's so many trees, dude. He has so much of an advantage. I still think that once you got your hands on a 100-pound monkey, he's not getting away from you. Okay, but what if you... What I if think you... you have way more of a chance of holding down a 100-pound monkey than a 100-pound dog. What if you took out a home field advantage? Both in a cage. How you can hogtie both a in a cage that you're stronger yeah. than, and he can't get away. The dog is going to be harder to do. Dude, that too. are you stronger than a hundred pound monkey? I don't think so. I don't, I don't fucking think so. Monkeys are stronger. Monkeys are fucking super strong. Yeah. Yes, uh, dude. Hundred percent. Zoo lots of times. I've looked at those monkeys so many times. I've been like, I could knock your fucking life. Out. The monkey doesn't even lift. <laughs> like, before I went to the gym, the monkey's been going to the gym nine like, months, sizing up the monkeys in the monkey house. Like, monkey can't even spell It's this tall can weigh like. Almost 100 pounds anyways. He's not that big. He's not that... And his weight well, that's is his that's main that's body. His arms are long, skinny things that just... Yeah, dude, he's got reach weight. on you. Good, give you oh, his yeah. long arms to wrap around your fucking neck and choke you to death with. Dude, this is insane. I cannot believe you're standing by this. Just like I'll stand behind poison frogs, kill people. I'll stand behind... Fighting a monkey. And Mitch tried to argue with us that poisonous frogs are more dangerous than like panthers and leopards. Yeah, just some kind of wild cat. I think they are. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That was our fucking reaction. Stunned. <laughs> well, I think the cats are more of a problem. 100%. Yes. yes. No, the frogs. 100%. Watch out for poisonous frogs, man. They're, to be fair, I think Mitch believes they're assassin frogs. So we're like, dude, just don't lick well, them. You wouldn't know that they're even assassins. They land on you and now you're poisoned. Now. But like, you just so don't you go where they are. No, it has to get in your bloodstream, dude. Now I have to go fight how do monkeys. Frogs so have poison. Go where what do they, how, do they, how do you get the poison from a frog in you? 
Well, traditionally from someone shooting you with a blow dart that they covered in like poison frog. Oh, really? Yeah, dude. Yeah. All those bright, colorful frogs. There's literally a frog called the poison dart frog because like tribe tribesmen used to fucking like coat darts with oh. them and shoot it. And but it gets into your bloodstream. They can't just jump and hit you in the face unless they come like lick your eyeball or something. Because the whole defense is so that if you eat them, you die. That's why they're bright colored. They're, it they're, says that's don't why eat they're me. poisonous, not venomous. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, what about venomous frogs? Ingestion is versus. There, I think there must be venomous frogs. There has to be venomous frogs. Somebody Google this. I think that is a thing. So would they be more dangerous? But than like, how frogs? often do frogs bite so. people? Frogs don't bite people. Frogs I don't think they have teeth. Do frogs have teeth. That's the fucking point of <laughs> venom. <laughs> yeah. I. Th- yeah. <laughs> no, okay. Animals can't just secrete it. No. Are you sure? Do venomous frogs exist? Yes. There yeah. are species that are venomous too. There are currently only two species of frog known to be venomous. I'm not going to read the name of that. I'm not going to read what that is. <laughs> the greenings frog is the other one. I can read that. Okay. You didn't try the Latin name? But like, can, <laughs> can, can an animal that's venomous secrete it out of their pores? I think so. Because Dude. if that happens, then it doesn't need to bite you. But it still needs to get into your bloodstream. How many people do frogs kill a year? Here are the top search results. Well, that it literally didn't give me any answer. It just like, says here's the world's number one deadliest animal, which and is, it says mosquito with a picture of a hippopotamus. So, so we won't believe that. Way, that's right? that's accurate for sure. Yeah, those <laughs> fucking mosquito hippopotamuses. I mean, hippos are pretty dangerous. Oh, one hundred percent, dude. Yeah, I would fight basically anything else in the world than a hippo because there's nothing you can do. I wouldn't fight a rhinoceros. Uh, this is I like fight a, a hippo or a rhinoceros. I'd probably fight the hippo. I think you kind of lose either one. I don't. Yeah, I think that I, if you stand a chance a little more with the hippo, it's a little more softer if you had some sort of weapon. I think hippos like kill a lot of people a year. Though. So many. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's because there's more hippos than there are rhinos. If there's as many rhinos wandering around where humans were, they'd probably just stampede them mm-hmm. too, probably. But that there's makes not sense. that many rhinos left, I don't think. Right. I think we are diving into the waters of drastic speculation. <laughs> but there's not a lot of rhinos left? No, no, that's true. Oh. I just don't know if I believe that they would kill more people. Also, this podcast is just going to be all couch noises on my microphone. Because oh, I be fucking fine. can't sit still. I'll just tell everybody that you could not hold your gas for the fucking two hours that we were here. <laughs> no, this couch is good for that. It sounds like You leather. could just not release the video and just say that Dylan was wearing a leather suit the whole time. Oh, speaking of, there's a new light on that. What does that mean? It means that we have to wrap up the podcast because the video ended. Oh, <laughs> well, that means we've been going uh, for two hours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for being here, guys. We appreciate it. Good eyes, dude. Thanks for coming over. Hey, thank you for having us. <laughs>